Vampire War for the Second City is a Vampire the Masquerade 5th edition actual play podcast presented by DM Fiat with I, Dale, as storyteller. Please be advised that this podcast contains descriptions of gore, depravity, addiction, coercion, and other adult themes. This is not D&D. This is a game where we play monsters of the night who do monstrous things. Welcome, everybody, to another session of Vampire the War for the Second City. We're about to enter the meat and potatoes of the campaign where things really start going wrong or right, depending on where your loyalties lie. Today's episode is entitled Lose My Number. It is part one of Old Sanguine, our next story, a New Year's Eve story. Now I'm glad I didn't download that. Yeah, well, I've heavily altered it, but still, it does have the skeleton of the written um, module, which is how I tend to run my games. Um, So, we'll start by covering the downtime, as it's been two months since our last session in-game, and although Squizzy has tasked you all with uncovering any info you can on Patrick or his possible allies, which hasn't left you with a lot of time to follow your own pursuits, you have had a couple of nights here and there where you've been able to deal with your own goals and objectives and do a little bit of extra work on the side in addition to the menial tasks that Squizzy continues to have you perform in the interests of upholding the masquerade, the facade of normality. 
we managed to get most of Hope's downtime stuff done in the pizza party session, but I believe, uh, Hope, there was another thing you wished to do. Well, there were two more things, actually. Yes, go ahead. So, Sylvia needs her takeaway box. He does. <laughs> and I need to talk to Dusty to set, get him on board for the Patrick Stomp. Yep, so shall we do Dusty first? Sure. So, Dusty has... Well, like Desmond, he's dropped off the radar since the time of your embrace. Not as fully as Desmond, who seems to have completely disappeared using his skills as a Nosferatu to become completely uncontactable to any kindred that he doesn't want to associate with. Dusty still maintains his online persona, the clear Dusty. His YouTube videos aren't as regular as they once were. He used to upload at least once a week. Now, the channel puts out a new video maybe once every couple of months. And the setup of his videos has changed. Whereas he used to film his videos in a brightly lit studio occasionally having other guests come in to help rip help, help him riff on whatever bizarre conspiracy theory he was covering that week now his videos seem to be filmed in near total darkness the only thing on the screen is his face framed against a pitch black background occasionally litten with very occasionally lit with very dim background lighting almost as if he's in a shipping container or deep in someone's basement his face is shrouded in shadow and when you can see it he seems a lot more pale and sickly than he was when he used to make his videos on the regular of course you know that this is because of his current condition as a member of the kindred but you notice on every new video he makes there's always a string of comments from his supporters wishing him well and occasionally mentioning that they've noticed that he's started to feel started to look and sound a lot more sickly and less energetic than he used to be and many of his fans constantly send him well wishes of concern. Aside from this, you have no idea how to contact him. You know that he seems to have set up with some of the local ministry, which means he's well entrenched in the Anarch movement at this point, and you've noticed that some of his videos seem to be nothing more than uh, repackaged Anarch propaganda dressed up so that the concepts of the Anarch movement can be imparted to mortals, perhaps priming them to be future recruits of the Anarchs, or just easier vessels to hunt. So, Hope, I would like you to please go ahead and make for me a Charisma or Manipulation plus Streetwise check, and you may add an extra dice to represent Sage if you do bring your Mauler into this. Definitely. Ah, five dice. <laughs> Let's see. 
PR five current hunger. Well, you'll be starting this session at, I believe, three hunger because we'll yes, go one yes. plus the two you gain, so put three. I got one success. One success. And hopefully, if I put word out that I'm looking to talk with them, word will reach out. So you you tell Sage that you're looking to speak to a member of the ministry, one setite in particular, the one who you woke up with in the meat locker. And she just says, oh yeah, remember him. YouTube guy, the clear Dusty, I think. Yeah, well, look, he hasn't been to any rants or anything. From what I gather, ministry's got him to work essentially as their propaganda piece. He's their mouthpiece spreading Setite propaganda over the internet. And from what I hear, quite a few new vessels have come into their fold since he started with them. They don't seem to let him out of the ministry a lot. But I think I might be able to pull some favours. And so, one night, uh, about a week after she tells you this, you're just seated in your haven and you're looking around, leaning leaning into the back of your sofa and you're just breathing a sigh of relief. It's a couple hours after the pizza party. You've seen Derek and the Thin Bloods out and you've managed to just finish cleaning up the mess that Slick made. And it's a couple hours from dawn. A couple hours from dawn and you're just enjoying this moment of tranquility when suddenly your phone begins to loudly vibrate, pulling you out of your reverie. An unknown number flashing on the screen. Yellow? There's silence for a bit, and then a deep, gravelly voice on the other end says, Yeah, this is, uh, this is Hope. Long time no see. This is, uh, this is Dusty. You sound like you got something in your throat, man. Yeah, yeah, he says. Uh, look, part of the new persona. I've got to act tougher, Uh. more weathered... Tell the audience I've been through some shit and, uh, well, it seems to have stuck. (laughs) Uh, Insight. Does this actually sound like Dusty? Go ahead Uh, and make a uh, intelligence or wits plus insight check. I'll go wits. Wits is better. Four successes. Four successes. It's been a long time since you've spoken to Dusty, and at this point you can barely remember what his voice sounds like, but this is not how you remembered it. Alright. Well, man, uh, there's something kind of important we should probably talk about. I'd like to meet. Where should I meet you? Uh, yeah, meeting. Uh, right, well... Ministry's got me on a tight leash, uh, basically handling all of their recruitment, working internally, you know, the deal. Derek's going to be much the same, Tremere guy like him. Uh, how's this? Yeah. He 
reads off an address for you and you quickly look it up and it seems to be a little picnic spot, a little park uh, between a cafe and a bookstore in the middle of Footscray. It's not the type of area you'd normally go, but it is right in the middle of Anarch territory and specifically right in the part of town where the ministry seemed to have set up. All right. I can do that. Let's do that tomorrow night, huh? Got it, he says. And then he hangs up. Yep. Set a time and and poof. Do I have a chance to feed before I go out that way? You got it. He hangs up. And the next thing you know, you're receiving a text message with a time and the same address again and so the next night after hunting trying to do your best to hunt in Footscray and as I said in the pizza party session it's getting harder for you to hunt lately as you've decided to not you've decided to diversify your palate a bit going after members of the body mod community that don't necessarily openly display the characteristics that define them as such and so you may reduce your hunger by one rock on thank you and as you step into the brightly lit concrete plaza that's decorated with four wooden picnic tables, each of them covered in a litany of graffiti tags. Look from left to right. The bookstore is closed and the cafe appears to be winding down for the night. There's a couple of mortals making their way up and down the street. Occasionally some of them give you a passing glance as you sit down at one of the tables. You wipe the last dregs of blood off your mouth. You weren't able to find a member of your preferred base of vessels and had to settle for had to settle for a rather harried looking bureaucratic civil servant type making his way home from work. Stopping him, chatting him up, getting him into an alleyway and making sure he wasn't able to fight back were easy enough, but his blood, the stale, mothball, almost mothball-like taste still lingers in your mouth. You didn't find it very nourishing, but you hope it'll be enough for your wits to be... for your wits to be tuned and ready to deal with Dusty, who's very clearly not working in for his own interests here. The time when you're meant to meet Dusty arrives, and it passes. Nervously, you wonder if he's going to show up at all. He ends up arriving an hour late. At first, you see nothing of him. You simply hear his voice coming from the shadows to your right. You turn and look, and there, standing between two gnarled oak trees, 
standing on a bed of bark and chipped wood, an overgrown garden meant to bring some life to this industrial-looking street. You see the vague shadow of a humanoid figure. He clears his throat. Hope. Can you hear me? Sure again. And I've got three successes to sense the beast, so if there's either vampires, werewolves, or hostile feelings or something around, that might tell me. So, the first thing you detect is the figure standing there. He's indeed a vampire. Um, and even though you can see him outlined clearly and you know he's there, no matter the angle you try to get him, no matter how you maneuver your head to try to catch a glimpse of his body or his facial features, he appears to be continuously shrouded in shadow and you realise that he must be using some form of obfuscation. The next thing you notice is two other humanoid figures lit up in lit up in subtle red auras standing you swallow nervously to your left and to your right seemingly invisible in thin air each one flanking you about a meter away all right any hostility on the radar? No hostility. No outward hostility. Nothing I can detect. Though you do get the okay. impression that whoever they are, they're prepared to snatch you up if an order is given. Why? You have no idea. Uh, I can hear you just fine. Good, good, says the figure. And this time... You recognise him quite clearly as Dusty. If it was just a persona on the phone, he seems to have dropped it a little bit. Though you get the impression that perhaps the voice you spoke to on the phone wasn't him at all. Perhaps some sort of handler. Working through layers. Okay. He says, you said you wanted to meet. What's up? Ah. <sighs> Well, the Meat Lake Locker Gang's got a problem. I know you're on a tight leash, but if there's any assistance you might be willing to throw our way, I could probably offer something nice in trade. What do you got to offer? He simply says, still standing in shadow. Something that's right up your consumer's alley. An honest-to-God conspiracy. The figure remains motionless for a moment. You see him almost leaning forward. His head slowly moves from left to right. You notice he's staring at exactly the locations where the other two are. Eventually he nods and then he steps forwards out of the shadows, drops his obfuscation. And then you see him, dusty, just as you remember him. Save for the fact that his... YouTuber outfit, his black shirt with the YouTube logo, the little 
the little lanyard he wore around his neck that had the logo for his channel and the address to his social media is gone. Now he's dressed in a dirty white business suit and around his neck is a silver unk. He smiles as he steps out into the dim light and for a moment you see a forked tongue poking out between his pointed teeth. He steps over to you, takes a seat at the picnic table, it creaks under his weight, and then he looks up at you and he says, okay, spill. What can the clear <laughs> dusty do for you, and what can you do for the clear dusty? Hmm. Well, first off, I need to know, you going to have any conf conflicts operating against the Saban? He shrugs. He says, yeah. Ah, uh, guys above me don't want the sabbat in the city any more than you do, and if we're hearing rumours about the same thing that you're talking about, oh, then yeah. you can consider the ministry in your corner. Okay. That's good. <sighs> so, I don't know if you've heard, but Father Patrick went and bloodbound Sylvia. He shrugs. He says, may have heard it down the grapevine. We're working a few angles to try and get her free. But the problem is he's trying to get us killed. He just nods and he smiles and he says, that sounds like a you problem. Sure is so far. He's working a triple angle. He's nominally... He might be in the Sabbat. He's trying to work a multiple betrayal thing. Ah, but the fact is, after we get her free, if we can, we're going to need to hunt down Father Patrick, and we're working an angle to get him out of the graces of the Camarilla's protection. Ponders this, and he says, yep, go ahead. Once we're done, we were trying to get people on him to keep him from escaping. Do you want in on this? Or in on the assistance? In somehow. Doesn't have to be directly confronting the guy. It might be surveillance or helping cover people or stuff like that. He ponders this and he says, Hmm, now see, my people tell me you've reached out to Dahlia and Desmond. Yep. So I think Desmond's got it all tied up when it comes to surveillance digging up info, all that stealthy stuff. Says, but right. I happen to have uh, made a few friends here among the Anarchs and perhaps if it comes down to a fight, you need some assistance, I might be able to pull some strings and get some children of set there ready to back you up. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I wouldn't ask you to come out and beat the guy up yourself. I mean, if we can't handle that with what we got. Anyway. Alright. He just shrugs and he says, he says, don't underestimate the followers of Set. <laughs> that La Sombra doesn't stand a chance if I get my blokes out there. You, you just have to make state, the call. 
It's because we go way back that I'm willing to pull this string for you, but you also mentioned you had something for me. Yeah, and this kind of helps us too, so it's kind of a gift that gives us a little too. And I hold up a uh, thumb drive, and I say, so we decoded part of uh, Hunter Journal for uh, good friends in the Second Inquisition. And one of the things they're doing is they've got their hooks into a pharmaceutical company and they're whipping up some anti-vampire stuff in the new batch of vaccines. His eyes light up and his hand this snakes This sounds like forward. a demographics thing, yeah? He just snatches the thumb drive out of your fingers. He smiles and he says, oh, he says, now you've just given me the holy grail. Has been hearing some stuff, some dodgy stuff. Pharmaceutical yeah. company doing their shilling their vaccines, and look. Normally, if it came to taking down anti-vaxxers, I'm all there. But something Same. about the way they're doing it wasn't sitting right. Chilling it through the channels you would not expect. Videos with police officers telling the public to go get vaccinated didn't sit right with me look was looking for some proof and you've just handed it to me maybe you're gonna have to edit it to leave the kindred stuff out but that's on you naturally he says so look i'm a kindred same as you and we uh care about our uh food being safe to eat right he says, so, uh, if there's something to it, I'll get the word out. Hopefully a few people will listen. Look, not going to lie, it's going to be a change from my usual stuff. Instead of telling people that, uh, you know, they need to go get their vaccines, they need to do what their doctors tell them, I'm going to be telling people to hold off on something that, well, if you're mortal, sounds like a no-brainer. So I'm not sure how effective it's going to be but I'm going to try. Thanks, man. He nods, <sighs> stands right, up, the... and he says, anything oh. else? Nah, it's all good. You and your two friends can scoot. I'm going to leave now. Thanks, guys. He flashes a smile and he laughs. <laughs> ah, well, looks like you're not the only one who learned some tricks over the last few years. He winks. And then you see him step once more into the shadows. He fades away. You get up. Oh, yeah, that number? Yep. Get the number. Yep. Get the number. Um, you look, turn around, and you see a slip of paper just sitting on the table. It's got a phone number written on it. Yep. Into the burner. One of the burners. I carry two <laughs> Yes, two. Good idea. You grab it, and by the time you finish copying the phone number into your phone you look around and the three satellites appear to be gone so next downtime action we're going to be dealing with sylvia i believe mm -hmm. so you have two ways you can go about this there's the uh as sylvia refers to it the uh takeaway container method and there's the intel that Derek recently dug yeah. up about the Valdery. Or perhaps I'm a combination of two. I'm thinking we might want to do two. 
because once we break the bond, we're going to have to keep her from receiving new infusions. Yeah, good idea. So, and once he's out of the picture, then, you know, we can get rid of the add-on. So, Sylvia, you're having a rare night away from Father Patrick. It's a late shift down at the morgue. And, well, you were hoping you'd have a chance to hit the town and try to assist your coterie on some of the things they've been looking into rather than spending the night at work. But at this point, any time away from your sire is a blessing. And you're just about to immerse yourself in the deathly quiet of the morgue. You're about to attend to your latest client, a Miss Sharon Parks, a woman of 33 who perished in a car accident. The damage to her face and the front of her body has been repaired, and now you just have to finish the formalities for the coroner so that a death certificate can be printed and handed out to the family. You're just about to reach for your scalpels when there's a knock on the lab door and your boss calls out, Sylvia, phone call for you at this time of night. I don't know who you've been giving the number to, but uh, they said their name is uh, Jane and uh, they got something in important for you for a moment you're confused you have no idea who jane could be and then it clicks it must be hope under one of her various guises um a phone call was it he nods he says uh, he nods he says oh left the uh, most strangest uh strangest message didn't want me to go and get you. I said I'd go get you. He said no. He said, uh, wouldn't be a good idea to put a phone in Sylvia's hands. And I've got to admit, you're not like the other young ones these days. Never seen you with your face in a phone. Anyway, girl left the strangest message. Just said it's takeaway time. And to, uh, come visit her at the, uh, Haven after work. Haven must be uh, one of those uh, nightclubs or something you uh, young folk are into. Alright, um, thanks for that. Did she say anything else? He nods and he says, oh, uh, he said, uh, don't pre-drink, whatever that means. <laughs> right, okay. Uh, she's got a weird sense of humour, that one. Um, don't worry about it. Uh, speaking of, you wouldn't mind if I finished up a bit early today? He, n he looks at you and he shrugs. He says, oh, look, Sharon's got her face back on. That's what counts. I'll get Jason in. He'll, uh, he'll start, uh, start, you know, tying her innards back up. You know, get everything in line for the coroner. Look, you can clock off for tonight if you want. You've uh, been good these last couple of nights, love. Cheers, thanks. And so, put down your scalpel, head over to the sink, wash the congealed blood off your hands. And 
The strange order that Hope has sent through your boss. Don't pre-drink. You wonder what that could mean. Do you sneak a quick bite from uh, Miss Parks before you leave? Or do you honour this very strange request? I shall trust Hope. I won't drink. Very well. You take off your lab whites, fold them up, place them in your locker, and then make your way to Hope's Haven. You hail a taxi, give them the address in South Melbourne, and then you're on your way. You've been to Hope's tattoo parlour before, not that Hope would be aware of it, but this is the first time officially. And so as you climb out of the taxi and step into the tattoo parlour, a bell rings. The tattooed woman with green hair looks up from the reception counter at the back. She narrows her eyes as she stares at you. And after a few moments, she smiles and she says, Oh, oh, I remember you. You were in here a few months ago. You, you were just browsing. Uh, don't suppose yeah. you've uh, finally decided to uh, bite the bullet and uh, get a tattoo, hey? Uh, well, you know, I'm rather indecisive. Um, I think I'll have a speak with the uh, person in charge of tattoos here, though. Is that all right? Are they around? Who might they be, anyway? She looks at you and she just nods, smiling understandingly. And she says, oh, yes, yes, right. I, I know what it's like. You want to speak to everyone, you know, you want to make sure this is all safe. Go through your options. And look, the artist we have here is one of the best. He's got, oh, he's got talent like I've never seen. Actually, he's in tonight. Uh, said that uh, he was expecting uh, a client. And, well, you seem to match her description. So, uh, yeah, uh, head on in. She points down the hallway towards the office that you remember sneaking into that one time and says, uh, doorway at the end leads down into the basement. Uh, our artist has turned it into uh, his personal sanctum. Uh, said he was going to be down there uh, getting ready. So uh, just knock on the door, tell him you've arrived and uh, he'll attend to you. And then she smiles and winks. All right, well, thanks for that. And so you make your way down the hallway, as you were told. You reach the metal door, pull it open, and see a stairwell, a narrow concrete stairwell leading down into a basement. Carefully make your way, and at the bottom, you see a thick wooden door. Clench your hand into a fist, and you knock three times. Hope. Hello. There's I'm a here knock for on the, the free consultation. <laughs> the door. Oh, the door opens, and I would have called Derek in as well. Yes, the door opens. Yeah, Derek's probably already here. The oh, door okay. opens, uh, revealing an average-sized Hispanic man, uh, handsome, with uh, neatly trimmed goatee, facial hair, slicked back, regular hair. Yeah. Smiling slightly down at you, going, Hola. At first, you'd be a little bit off put by this man, Sylvia. You've never seen him before, you have no idea who he is. And then you glance past him and see 
seated in a leather sofa with his long feet up on a glass coffee table wearing his usual long black trench coat is Derek and he seems to be thumbing through a leather bound tome that looks so old it's a wonder that the pages are still holding together he briefly looks up and acknowledges you with a nod come in mi amiga (laughs) thank you very much thank you very much come on you shut the door. Yep. This is the thing. You shut the door behind Hope. Gesture for her to take a seat next to Derek. And one last question I have is: Would Vincent be here? Uh, no. No. Never invited. <laughs> Vincent doesn't get invited to Sorry. these. <laughs> this is getting into it's yeah. He's that one friend. Oh. <laughs> That's fine. So you take a seat next to Derek. He briefly looks up from his book and you're able to just glance at the page Sylvia and you see that whatever he's reading it's something that's incredibly old the writing is archaic almost medieval handwritten calligraphy and it's near impossible for you to decipher a single word but Derek seems to be understanding it just fine he meets eyes with Jose they just Stare Raphael, at each other. Actually. Raphael, uh, for a moment. Raphael smiles back. Um, I didn't realize this was going to be a whole coterie affair. Uh, what you reading, Derek? Uh, it's something I've discovered in my research that may help with a, one of our many problems. Okay. You notice, Sylvia, with some trepidation, that on the thick wooden table at the very back of the apartment in the miniature kitchenette, a stack of plastic Chinese food containers has already been laid out, at least ten of them. He has discussed. He has discovered a sorceress method of improving our teamwork. Is this method uh, difficult? What does it involve? It involves a shared drink. Well, you guys lead the way, I guess. All right. Follow our lead. Dirk, take it away. And the only reason I'm keeping this mask on is because it would cost me blood to change it, and I still got work to do after this. Fair enough. Practical. I respect that. So, Derek closes the book with a thump, stands up. Do you have anything to say, Derek, before you launch into it? Uh, uh, Just sort of like a... Yeah, as like Hope's like, or right, just follow Derek's lead. Just like, alright, just, just remember, this is a, this is a something I found in an old Tremere book. So don't be too surprised about what happens. <laughs> oh, you're really instilling all the confidence in me right now. Is <laughs> this going to be a painful process? Nah. Derek no. always comes through. <laughs> so it's Derek, you leave. You leave the details out of it. I'm presuming. No need to get Sylvia too, too apprehensive. 
Yeah, she'll she'll really she'll find out what they are soon enough. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> so Derek reaches into his coat and he pulls out a little glass bowl. He places it on the coffee table. And then he raises his wrist to his mouth, bites into it and allows some of his blood to drop into the bowl. And as he picks up the bowl and hands it to Raphael slash Hope, he explains to you, Sylvia, that you're going to take a drink of each other's blood and that this will sever the blood bond you have with your sire. Of course, it won't take effect immediately. You still have to stave off the latest dose of Patrick's blood. Find a way to resist it just long enough so that his hold over you becomes weakened so that the ritual that Derek is about to perform can override it, severing it once and for all. He then explains that an unintended side effect will be that the coterie will be working as a solid, tightly knit team from this point onwards. Okay, um, it's sounding a little bit like you're forming a new cult that's just the three of us. So, um, this is a Tremere ritual, you said? <laughs> It was found in, found in the Tremere Library, yes. He's <laughs> being very, very vague about this. I hope you realize that. Raphael bites into his wrist. A bit of his blood drops into the bowl. And then he hands it to you. Derek looks you in the eyes, Sylvia. He's not dominating you, just looking you in the eyes. To so that you understand the seriousness of what's going on. And he says, well, add your blood to the bowl. Should I roll to see whether or not I actually do it? Yes, if you like. Um, if you want to, you can. If you've, if you've got misgivings. I feel like I should. All right. Uh, Go ahead, just roll willpower plus resolve for me. Three successes. Three successes. You really feel like you shouldn't do this. And for a brief moment, you see Patrick's face in your mind's eye, looking at you disprovingly, telling you to not do this under any circumstance. But you force him away and in sheer defiance, bite into your wrist and add your blood to the concoction. Okay, now what? You place the bowl down on the coffee table. Derek clears his throat. And now, Derek, you must begin the yes. ritual. I would yes. like you to please uh, go ahead and make for me an occult plus blood sorcery roll. And you must also rouse the blood, please. So rouse first. It's a failure, so I get hungrier. Yep. So that's plus one for Derek later. Oops, 
I will... Yeah, I'm gonna burn a will so I can reroll three. Yep. And I dropped one of my dice, goddammit. Now, without context, it really seems like we're just summoning a demon or something. It does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so it's four successes total. Especially when Derek turns his back to you, Sylvia, holds aloft the tome in one hand, and then with the other hand begins waving his fingers over the bowl, reciting arcane chants. Extremely extremely intimidating, almost satanic phrases spew from his mouth. And then after a few moments, you see the concoction within the bowl begin to glow deeper red, as if the three strains of blood from all of you have fused together into something more than the sum of their parts. Derek places the book down on the coffee table, and then, Sylvia, he does something completely unexpected. Without warning, he just reaches forwards, picks up the bowl, and takes a sip of the concoction. Whoa, are you sure that's good for you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Glad you really got to work on the lies. Come on. Derek just awkwardly smiles. Derek, the blood is almost tasteless. It's almost as if you were drinking water. It goes down so quickly, so easily, so without incident that you're almost unsure you did anything at all. But then suddenly you can feel it. You look at Hope and Sylvia around you. And suddenly you realise that through everything that you've been through, they have been there beside you, and you implicitly trust them with what is about to unfold. Who do you hand the bowl to next? Uh, I guess it'd be Jose. Yep. No, Raphael, sorry. <laughs> Raphael? I take it. I kind of eyeball what's left. I take this about the same amount Derek did. Rolls down your throat, almost imperceptible. The misgivings, sure the misgivings you have about this whole thing depart. At first, you're questioning whether Derek knows what he's even doing, but then you swallow and you look over at Derek and you realise, of course, Derek knows what he's doing. He always comes through. Okay, it's there. You look towards Sylvia and. Silently hand her the bowl. Bottoms up. Well, cheers to us, I guess. And I'll down it. You down what's left of the concoction in the bowl. And just like the others, it's tasteless. It's. Well, at first it's tasteless. As it goes down, the more of it you drink, as it reaches the bottom of your throat, suddenly you gasp in pain. You feel a stabbing agony at the bottom of your esophagus. You gag. 
And then, as suddenly as it began, it stops. Take your shoulders. Yes? Oh, neither of us did that. How are you feeling? How am I feeling, Storyteller? You feel... Well, you're... bit concerned about that momentary stab of pain, but aside from that, as you lower down the empty bowl onto the coffee table, you feel the same. It's as if nothing happened. Look, I hate to break it to you, but nothing's different. I don't think whatever this was worked. Let me test something. And they pull out a character of Father Patrick. Fuck this guy. <laughs> Fuck him. I hate him. I'm gonna go kick his ass. Does this trigger anything? <laughs> I would like you to make a willpower roll for me, please. Like something out of a clockwork orange or something. This guy? Eh. Let's have him with a pin. Eh. Oh, God. <laughs> um, just willpower is one success. One success. You feel a momentary spurt of anger. You clench your fist. You realize you're about to make a move towards hope. But then you calm yourself down and just stand there passively witnessing hope level abuse on this effigy of your sire you blow goats hope i have to ask you something Uh uh-huh were you always just carrying a picture of that guy around because that seems really weird no i drew him tonight i was gonna get a photograph but then ah yes right so i had to draw it is the picture any good i'm curious well, I it, mean, I've got craft three, so... Yeah, well, I mean, it bears a resemblance to Patrick, but it's the same sort of resemblance that you would ascribe to a caricaturist at, you know, a carnival. That's about it. Right, but you, know you didn't what? try... Hmm? No, you Yeah, I didn't try and kill you, I guess. So that's a step in the right direction. All right. Yeah. So now the question remains, Hope, do you feel that the next part of the plan is necessary, or...? That's, that's up to Sylvia. Okay, we've massively diluted the blood bond for you. Do you also want the takeaway box for now? Again, is it a painful process? No, because I can pinch off the nerves. How long will it take? A couple hours. I guess I'm not doing anything for the rest of the night. (laughs) That's the spirit. Okay, I'm guessing you'll probably want a blindfold and some headphones so you can at least listen to something, will you? I think a speaker. The headphones always end up cutting out. Oh, 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 yeah, Yeah, that's that's right. That's all right. Well, um, I mean... There's this thing called Critical Role I found. That's pretty cool. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you take a seat at the chair in front of the wooden table, in front of the stack of takeaway containers. And before you know it, 
Derek is tying a blindfold around your face. And suddenly, from the background, you hear a burst of static and then a voice coming through the static, sounding distorted, almost as if you'd turned on a radio in the middle of the desert where there's no reception. And Hope, you you realise that this is odd because normally your, your internet connection here is pretty solid. Static? This isn't a radio. This is Wi-Fi. What's even going on? And then you realise Hope is sitting before you. And Sylvia's sitting before you. Sil- yeah, Sylvia's sitting before you. And you just sigh as you get to work, as you catch the occasional word of Matt Mercer asking one of his players to make a roll. Not enough to follow the story, but enough to potentially distract Sylvia from what's going on. Yeah, I can send Derek out of the room to, like, read the closed captions to her. (laughs) All right. Please go ahead and make your flesh fresh flesh crafting uh, check. First up is a rouse check, which I succeed. Uh. And now flesh crafting, as we determined, was resolve plus craft Correct. plus protean. So ten dice. <sighs> yeah. What the hell? I've got willpower for this. <laughs> Five successes says it works, though. Yeah. Five successes. Sylvia, you're glad you're blindfolded because you feel your insides squirm and lurch several times, not in a painful way, but in a way that makes you gag and nearly, nearly throw up blood all over the table in front of you. But after a few hours, mercifully, it is done. The blindfold is removed. You look down at your abdomen and it looks like nothing has changed. But inside you can feel it. You can feel something heavy, heavier than it should be sitting there. And you realize it is done. So you may add two dots of bond resistance. Oh, thanks. One dot for the takeaway method and the other dot for the Valdery that Derek performed. Now, here's how you change the box. Go ahead. There you go, there you go. Just pull till the scar opens. Oh, that's really weird. (laughs) (laughs) It's like. This is done with. Yeah, yeah, it's like. changing a tampon in a very superficial way, just with something being pulled out of an orifice that shouldn't exist and replacing it with something that should not be inside the human body. Sylvia, your downtime up until now has been consumed with your sire's machinations, so you don't have any downtime activity, but I would like you to go ahead and roll to see if you can shake the blood bond for the final time. Please go ahead and make a resolve plus intelligence 
plus three bonus dice roll. Okay. So eight dice. Are you happy with that, or do you want to burn blood to boost it? That's a good point. I will do that as well. <laughs> I'll spend everything and, uh, on this. It is kind of crucial. Uh, failed the rouse check, but eh. is it plus two dice or plus one dice? Uh, so it's plus, plus two. two dice. It, the rule book oh. I have on the thing says plus one dice, but it's plus two dice as of the latest revision. So it's, it's been errated. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Give me one second. It's a lot of dice. Yeah, it's lost at least ten. <laughs> I will spend a willpower because that was um, yep. questionable. Much better. Seven successes on a critical. The very next Ooh. night, you awaken, climb out of your bed and step out of the tiny bedroom into the university chapel proper to see your sire, Father Patrick, sitting in the pews, looking towards you, smiling, his sickening smile, making your stomach and your insides churn. Come, my pretty, he says. It's time to drink. He holds out his wrist, and like always, you kneel before him, Clutch his wrist to your mouth and drink deeply. A few seconds later, you hear from the depths of your body a plastic plink, and you smile. You release Patrick's wrist. He purrs. <laughs> yes, my darling Sylvia. You are mine, and will always be mine. Little does he know, as of tonight, you are his no longer. The blood bond is finally broken. We crossed all right. to- Yeah. All right. Finally get some shit done, oh my god. Finally okay. get some shit done. <laughs> And that's going to be very useful very soon in this story. We cross to Vincent. Vincent. Vincent, over the last two months, you've had a little contact with the Coterie, but not much. You've seen them in Elysium a couple times, the times when you've had to meet up with them for appearances. But aside from that, they've been doing their own thing, and you've been doing yours. Squizzies had them sent on various assignments around the city, ostensibly in the name of enforcing the masquerade, checking up on problematic individuals, and questioning people that Squizzy and Speck suspect of being possible deterrents, possible dissidents. But your job has been to immerse yourself once again in the politics of the Ventru, to spend your nights in Elysium 
exchanging barbs and petty gossip with the rest of the Ventru, getting ever closer to your sire, Elliot Palmer, so that any pieces of wayward gossip indicating his or any other Ventru's involvement in Patrick's plans would reach your ears. While you're going about this, is there any other particular bits of intel you want to try to glean from Elysium? Uh, yeah, I'm mostly just curious uh, about what my side is up to, and uh, if he has anything that could be uh, leveraged against him. Yes. So I would like you to please go ahead and make for me a charisma and etiquette check. You may add any presence dots you have. Sure, that's three, six, seven. Uh, six successes. Six successes. Hmm. For most of the... F for most of the two months between last session and now. Elysium is the same droll affair that it always is. For a few weeks, the hot topic is the presence of flesh-crafted monstrosities in the city. The fact that the Anarchs have a rogue flesh-crafter working for them. The rumour that Squizzy has firmly established that has flown through the court, capturing everybody's attention. Who could this rogue flesh crafter be? What do their plans mean for the Anarchs? Are there more monstrosities stalking the alleys and side streets of the city? What will it mean for the masquerade? But soon, like all news, this fades into the background and is forgotten, replaced with the latest gossip of Maria Diamante's latest party, of the latest faux pas by a low-level Ventru, of the Anarchs in the city and what possible plans they may have for the Camarilla. Of the latest crop of neonates to be brought into Elysium and presented and their various failings. And then finally, something reaches your ears that interests you greatly, Vincent. It's a conversation that you overhear between your primogen, Thornton Adams and your sire, Elliot Palmer. You're not quite part of their inner circle. You haven't quite regained the position you used to have, but you're high enough, close enough, that they're able to speak in confidence around you, not suspecting that you're listening to their every word deciding whether or not it's worth passing on to your secret benefactor. Elliot Palmer approaches Thornton. He looks around Elysium, looks to see if he's being heard. He sees only you nearby. This seems to 
fill him with confidence as he leans in and whispers to Thornton Adams, Look, uh... Look, Melissa and Victoria, they can't find the recordings. Well, what do you mean? says Thornton. Well, it's, uh... Look, Guy had them. We thought we had them secure. Thought we had them in Melissa's database, you know? In the news database. They'd be safe there, and, well, uh... They're, they're gone. Well, what does Melissa have to say about this? Palmer shrugs, and he says, Melissa has nothing to say, nor does Victoria... Either someone within the news station has gone in and deleted it, or someone knows about our plans and they're working against us. Thornton stops for a moment. He looks, makes sure none of the other Ventru are close. Matches eyes with you, narrows them, giving you a look that tells you in... Tells you in a single expression that everything you're hearing is not to leave Elysium. It's not even to leave this little circle that has formed inside all of the Ventru. I smile and sort of nod slightly and then turn back to what I was doing. What do you mean someone's aware of our plans? There's only three of us who've been brought in. You, me, and Palmer nods. Yes, I know. And the only one who knew was disposed of. But there's a variable we didn't account for. Thornton's lips thin. Yes, and what variable would that be, Palmer? Palmer sighs. She had a child. A child that we thought was beneath concern. But something's going on and someone's working against us. Thornton frowns. A child? <laughs> you think a gangrel has the facilities, has the resources, has the intellect to steal away footage? Under Melissa Redmond's nose? Palmer simply shrugs. And he says... No. I don't. But... If someone else who knew what we were up to... Wished to make moves against us... All I'm saying is that the child... Would be a quick and easy ally... Get them on your side. And what they know, what they may have left behind from their sire, combined with whatever Michael Gardner has up his sleeve, and... Thornton nods. He smiles and he says, hmm, Well, we shall have to plan contingencies. He looks over his shoulder at you, Vincent. And now it seems to be when he decides that you should no longer be privy to this discussion. 
he motions for Palmer to follow him and leads him back into the throng of Ventru out of earshot. Very interesting. <laughs> and so, we now move into the story proper. Here we are. Two months later. It is December 31st, 2020. New Year's Eve. The latest COVID lockdown has been lifted and almost like a switch was flicked, Melbourne has turned from a ghost town to a flurry of frenzied festivity. This, the year of COVID, is coming to an end. And the mortals, at least, seem prepared to spend the night partying harder than they've ever partied before. Derek. Yes. When you awaken this night, you find a message from your phone. As you climb out of your four-poster bed, reach for your phone on the bedside table and turn it on. The screen turns on, filling the dark room with a dim green light. There's a message. It's from Emily, the Thin Blood. It simply reads, Get in touch now. Friend of mine is getting threatening text messages. Messages that mention bloodsuckers. And then I'll give a number a call. So before you do that, Derek, I'd like you to rouse the blood to see if you get hungrier as your torpid blood begins to animate, begins to pump through your body and cause you to rise for the night. That is a fail, so I get hungrier. So you get hungrier, so you begin at hunger three tonight. Yep. Everyone else, if we take one plus the hunger you earned uh, during downtime and mini sessions off camera, Sylvia and Vince are starting at hunger three, and Hope is beginning at hunger two. And I would now like all of you to please roll your rouse checks as you awaken for the night to see if you grow even hungrier. I failed, so I'm at four. Oh, so. Four hunger for Vince. I got a success, but I think um, I, I'm at four because of the rouse check I just made a second. Right, so four for Sylvia. Hope, how did you go? <laughs> I failed, so I'm at three. Mm. Squizzy's had oh you pretty much on beck and call for the last two months. You've had time to hunt, but just barely. Just enough to keep you from the verge of frenzy. His dogged obsession with maintaining the facade of normality has commanded most of your time and effort. And you're constantly, these nights, feeling the intense urges, the roars of your beast, the pains of hunger that never cease. But in these nights, most of all, seem to be stronger than ever. So Derek, 
you grab your phone, you dial Emily's number. She answers immediately and she says, oh, oh, thank God. I've been waiting for hours for you to, you know, the daylight thing and all. And well, uh, things could be bad. Things could be very bad. So you, yeah. so your friend is being threatened, and uh, have they specifically mentioned kindred or bloodsuckers? She says, "My friend Bella, someone, someone that you know, Slick and I we've been hanging with. So she's, well, you could say she's a part of the kindred community. She's a, well, she, she's like us, a thin blood." Someone we met through the Anarchs, but, well, us Thinbloods, we don't exactly immerse ourselves in all of the vampire stuff like you guys, and, well, lately Bella's been getting these weird, threatening texts. At first I told her to ignore and block them, but they've been getting worse and worse and more explicit. Now they're calling her a bloodsucker. And a murderer, and she's really freaked out. We're the only ones who know that she's, you know, like us. No one else she hangs out with knows, and well, when you and Hope told us about the Second Inquisition, oh, it's just, it could be someone just fucking with her, you know, but the things they're saying about bloodsuckers drinking blood they haven't specifically called her a vampire or used any terms like kindred or anything like that but it's got me on edge you take you give her a moment to calm down you hear her breathing on the other end and she calms down she says um well here's the thing uh well, Bella's throwing a New Year's Eve party tonight, okay? Like, at her apartment. She's got the entire apartment block there. They're all going to turn up. Uh, they're going to be partying till dawn. And, uh, well, I gave you a call because I thought maybe you could swing by, see what's up. Maybe try to get to the bottom of this whole thing. And, well... I know you mentioned that, uh, the prince has had you pretty busy lately. I thought you'd appreciate the chance to have a little fun while you were doing it, you know? Well, I can't say I don't appreciate the sentiment. Uh, yeah, give me... Yeah, give me a few minutes and I'll swing by your place. Right, she says. Um... It's up to you if you want us to come. I don't know if we'll be in the way if shit goes down, but, you know, she is our friend and everything, and, well, look, Slick and I said we'd already be there. Uh, we've got some stuff to attend to. If you want to meet us there, we can do that. Uh, get in touch with Hope and the others if you can, and, well, just please, I, I don't think there's a lot of time, and... If this person's someone to worry about, then I've got the feeling they're going to try to make a move tonight. 
Yeah, I was, I was getting the same feeling. If the yeah, if the threats are true, that'll probably happen tonight. Yeah, I'll send me through their address, let her know I'm coming, and I'll go talk to her. Emily says, right, <laughs> okay, okay. And in the background, you hear Slick say, see, see, Emily, Derek knows what to do. Let's just, let's just head let, let's just head over there let's just party let's just forget the whole vampire thing for a night and emily breathes <sighs> she calms herself down she says yeah yeah derek will sort it out derek and hope know how to play the game and well like you said slick <laughs> sure it's just some loser derek will sort it out she says all right derek we'll uh We'll meet you there. Uh, please, uh, try to look the part. Bella has, well, she's never met you, and uh, you at least want to make a first, good first impression, yeah? I'll try my best. <laughs> she hangs up, and a few seconds later, your phone vibrates. You receive a text message with an address to Bella's apartment. Uh, apartment block on Little Burke Street, right on the edge of the CBD and Carlton, right on the edge of Camarilla Territory, a particularly dangerous place for a thin blood to be living, you think. Included is a picture of Bella, Mediterranean woman with dark eyeshadow and a black dress. As far as you can tell from the picture, she looks completely human. If she's a kindred, then indeed she's a thin blood. Given that she seems to be living right on the edge of the territory of those who would instantly kill her, your first thought is that she must be good at hiding her true nature from those around her, which perhaps makes the threatening text messages even more concerning. Do you contact the others? Uh, not just at the moment, no. Derek's kind of thinking he'll head over, see what other messages are and all that, and then it's like, sort of go from there. Yep. I'm sure won't bite me in the arse later. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not going to get the others to come and help you out? Uh, not just yet. Not just yet. Well, that's just as well. Because at the same time, as Sylvia is awakening, crawling out of her bed and stepping into the chapel proper and breathing a sigh of relief that Father Patrick is not there and allowing finally those feelings of intense hatred to fully wash over her, a liberating feeling these nights after years of being in his thrall. Sylvia, you notice that a white paper envelope has been slipped under the door of the chapel. Go ahead and pick it up. You go ahead take up the envelope and sit down in one of the pews as you use your nails to pierce the top, tear it open and retrieve within a yellow post-it note with handwriting that you immediately recognise as Dorian's. 
Dorian, your close friend, your touchstone, and Father Patrick's former ghoul. And now that you're finally free of Father Patrick's influence, he's been the pillar of strength that has held you up these nights. Eagerly filling your head with all sorts of schemes to finally avenge yourself against your sire. But tonight, his note is quick and simple. It has an address. An address for a New Year's Eve party on Little Burke Street. It reads... Someone I know through the Anarchs, getting threatening messages, could be SI, could have something to do with your sire. Thought you might like to check it out. Okay, I'm looking at the address. Who in the coterie would be the closest to it? Or along the way to? Vincent, probably. Oh, good, okay. (laughs) (laughs) How far out of the way are Hope and Derek? So oh, Hope's, <laughs> Hope's all the way in South... Well, Hope's all the way in South Melbourne. And Derek is you know, a couple blocks from the University of Melbourne campus, where the Chantry supposedly is, although you've never seen it for yourself. His haven is a couple blocks from there, so that it's within easy access of Professor Cypher. But it's on the other side of the address that you're supposed to be heading to. Okay, I will grudgingly get changed and go ahead to Vincent's apartment, I guess. Yep. Vincent, you're Mm -hmm. standing in front of the mirror in your bedroom... As I do. You're mm. grooming yourself, making sure your hair is straight, making sure your dinner jacket fits you impeccably. There's she going does. to be there's going to be important contacts to make at Elysium tonight. New Year's Eve. This is when all of the kindred in Melbourne do their utmost best to try to outdo each other to bring in the new year in their own way. And just as you finish adjusting your dinner jacket, you hear a knock on the door of your apartment. Oh, Jesus Christ. Hello? Uh, hello? hello? <laughs> yeah, open the door right now, please. Oh, you're fucking kidding me. I open the door. What are you doing here? Hey, I need to borrow your phone. Sorry. You... Why? Um, so it turns out, uh, you mind if I let myself in? Yeah, I'll just squeeze inside. The door opens, and in steps Sylvia, and... Shoes, shoes. Okay, okay, okay. Take off my shoes. (laughs) Sylvia pulls off her high heels and carefully places them on the edge of the door frame, and Vincent, you notice that Sylvia appears to have dressed up, and you shudder at the thought that... (laughs) She'll be attending Elysium tonight. Especially 
given the last few times she's been there when she and Father Patrick have spent almost the entire time glaring at each other a few times, either one of them looking like they're coming close to frenzying. Oh, jeez. You don't look half like shit. Is there anything on tonight? Oh, well, that's so nice of you to say. You look like you've spent the last few hours standing in front of a mirror. Well, I mean, you know... <laughs> you know, well, we got to keep ourselves, uh... presentable. Yeah, okay. Anyway, um, so... Yeah, fine. Yes, fine. Oh, well, actually, you'll have to make the calls because I can't. Um, anyway, so... Someone I know... No, the friend of a friend is getting threatened. And so, kind of needs sorted out. It seems like a whole coterie sort of deal. So, um, you know, Avengers assemble, yada yada. Oh, fuck me. Am I part of the coterie now? Uh, of course you are. You're our best friend, Vince. Mm hmm. <laughs> Make the call, please. <laughs> yeah, alright, fine. Give me the number. Um, site, Hope and Derek's numbers. So, uh, Vincent. Your first call is to Derek, and when Derek answers, you hear the sound of a car running in the background and a key turning the ignition. As you explain that Hope stepped into your apartment and uh, Sylvia. Oh yeah, yeah. As you expect, as you explain that Sylvia stepped into your apartment. Wouldn't mind her so much. <laughs> and that. Thank she you. wishes for the party to us the coterie to assemble and head to this new year's eve party where apparently a mortal is getting threatened derek surprises you by informing that yeah he's heard about that too in fact he's on his way to the very same location what's he uh -huh. saying uh he's uh he knows he's on the way <laughs> Uh, okay. And Derek, as you hang up the phone and pull your car out of the parking lot onto the streets, in spite of yourself, you feel sort of a wave of relief inside. You wanted to handle this on your own, but perhaps due to the effects of the Valdery, you feel perhaps a slight bit safer and more comfortable knowing that at the very least Sylvia and Vince apparently are going to be rendering assistance Hope you're in your tattoo parlour so far business has been booming apparently New Year's Eve is a good time for people to drunkenly get tattoos and you've already imprinted at least 20 variations of love hearts, angels, and dragons onto various clients' skins. I love the dragons the most, and I don't know why. <laughs> they do seem to love the dragons. After seeing off the latest client and having finally a spare moment to head into your office and just lean against the wall and breathe <sighs> and try to get a handle on 
the roaring hunger pains, the urges that have been pressing against you all night that are particularly present when you're inches away from a customer's blood vessel. Your yes, phone room. Yep. I, I don't suppose any of them have been isolated enough to feed upon. Well, your your touchstone's always present. Ah. Uh, mm. yeah. Otherwise, you'd try to sneak a bit. <laughs> it's, yeah. Your beast right. roars as your phone vibrates and irritably you reach over and grab it. You see Vincent's number. Hola, me. Oh. Oh, hey, how's it going? Fuck. Uh, hi, Herb. Yeah, speaking. Yeah, uh, I relay the message. Vincent oh. tells you that. Sylvia has just turned up, and that apparently both she and Derek have been contacted by someone they know whose mutual friend is reportedly receiving threatening messages, messages referring to her being a vampire, messages threatening to expose her to the world. Said person is throwing a New Year's Eve party tonight. And you've been invited to attend to serve as bodyguards, perhaps, or simply to try and determine the source of the threatening messages. Okay. So I'm going to look a bit different when I show up. I say letting my voice box fall back into Raphael's mode, but I'll see you there. Uh, you're fucking weird. Yeah, all right. See you there. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Wait, hang on. See you there. You... Oh, Hispanic guy. About you... six feet tall. I'm involved. Hispanic. Oh, good Christ. Okay. I'll see you there. What's she saying? Sorry, man. <laughs> All right. I get the address, put the phone down, look down at myself, realize I'm way too hungry to risk changing back, and yeah. Okay. I'm going tonight the in the guy's. Of Raphael. <laughs> of Raphael. And for the record, he has one less stamina and the looks merit. Yeah. Okay, so Herb's a Hispanic man. Um, right. And, and everything's organized. Uh, I guess I'm coming with you. More than that, you're driving us there because I don't have a car. Sorry. God, okay. <laughs> Why do I do these things for you people? You're saving lives, probably. <laughs> when has that ever been my problem? <laughs> As you step out of your apartment, Vincent, pull the door shut behind you. You almost feel like smashing Sylvia into the wall as your beast roars. You're too hungry to put up with this shit. But you realise somewhere in the back of your mind that if there is a potential masquerade breach, well, Squizzy would want you there. After all, it's part of maintaining the facade of normality. And at the very least, your spirits rise when you realise that at the party, there should be ample opportunity for feeding. Bloody well better be. <laughs> okay, uh, you ready to go? Yep, yep. So, is there anything any of you would like to do on the way to the party? Bearing in mind that as it is a party, there'll be plenty of mortals there. You all, 
you all get the feeling that feeding will be something you could probably do at the party. But, that said, it's up to you if you want to turn up as hungry as you are. I think I can risk it. For the biscuit. So mm-hmm. tell Marita, ah, the muse has left me. Cancel my, move back my remaining appointments. She sighs and she says, ah, very well. Look, got a couple more for tonight, then I'll close up shop. I'll do them myself, and well, I can't do as mean a dragon as you can. All I have to do is draw a lizard with rings. All I have to do is draw a lizard with wings, right? Yeah, go for it. That's that's about right. Step outside, climb into your car, just as... Kawasaki. Yeah, climb... I was gonna do. I was gonna say with Sylvia and Vince climbing into oh. there, but yeah, you climb Never. onto, you sit aside your Kawasaki, turn the handlebar, the engine roars to life, and you speed out onto the street. Your beast roaring to roaring to life, finally roaring, freedom, time to hunt, at last. The other side of the CBD. Sylvia and Vincent climb into the modded-out CRX. The engine roars to life, and you're all carried to your destination. Anyone you wish to contact on the way? Anywhere, any stopovers you wish to make? What kind of... Do you guys know what kind of party this is going to be? So I, Sylvia's just been told it's a party. I got a little note slipped under my door. Uh, it was a post-it note, so you can imagine not exactly the paragraphs of information there. Okay, well, I'm fucking hungry and, you know... Oh, uh, so am I. Suck it up. I'm just saying that I have particular tastes and it can be tricky sometimes. <laughs> so if it's, it's a fucking bush stuff we're going to, then we might be in a bit of trouble. Can't you just make do with something? No, I can't. Look, we can discuss with the others after we get there, alright? Got any CDs in this thing? Fucking, yeah, check the glove box. Derek, oh, would you have sent the uh, picture of Bella to anyone, or are you keeping that under wraps just in case? Yeah, he wouldn't have sent it yet because, yeah, like I said, he wasn't planning yeah. on bringing anyone in yet. That's like, oh, okay, everyone's going to be there anyway. Yep, that's fair enough. So you're just going to keep the picture under wraps for the moment. All right. Probably. So, the address leads you all to an old brownstone apartment building right off Little Burke Street on the edge of Trendy Carlton. The brownstone has a flag reading Quest flying above the entrance. As Vincent and Derek's cars pull up, turn into the street and find parking spots in amongst the tens of vehicles that are already crammed along the side of the road. You hear the purr of Hope's Kawasaki rounding the corner. Hope comes to a stop beside Vincent's car, turns off the engine, and then 
kicks out the kickstand and just props it up against the back of Vincent's car. Derek climbs yeah. out of his red is out of his red 2020 hold and a late acquisition with his newfound newfound donations from his cult and the four of you assemble on the street in front of the building the windows on the bottom floors are dark but you can see coloured lights strobing in several of the top floor windows. You can also hear a cacophony of distorted, buzzing music thumping from the building. It seems like the entire apartment block is in on this New Year's Eve party. And as you all congregate towards each other, you even catch glimpses of several people moving in and out of the building, shooting you curious glances as they move past. The sides of the street are filled, crowded together with a wall of cars of various makes and models. It seems that there's a full house tonight. First of all, I turn to, um, Horb. What the fuck, fuck is this shit? I'm arranging a pick here. What? Um, I think you know Horb. Hmm? You like? Oh my god, this shit. <laughs> I adjust a pick in my hair. Adjust my leather jacket. <sighs> well, she called me when I was working. Oh. Oh my god, okay. You, how many years has it been under wraps? Uh, not fucking important. Okay, um... I guess I can work with this. Uh, name? Raphael. Raphael, okay. I don't right. speak Spanish for the record. Oh, good. That must help the, uh, guys. Don't blame me, I'd switch back and... Except I'm so damn hungry and might risk... Yeah. Maravillos. Uh, well, okay, uh, I, so you guys don't much know much about what's going on tonight, right? You call me, man. I turn to Sylvia. I turn to Derek. <laughs> I also turn to Derek. Derek explains that apparently this Bella character is a thin blood. And even though she seems to have done an admirable job, admirable job so far of concealing her true nature, somebody may be aware of it. Aware of it enough to be sending her messages with references to drinking blood. Okay, yeah, at, this at is... At this point, I'll take out my phone and show the picture of her, just so that like, everyone's aware of what she looks like. Yep. Okay. Who's in blood? At this also, point, I would like start. Sylvia to please make an intelligence medicine check. Okay. On this. This does make a coterie business. This is a possible masquerade breach. Mm. So are you. So Sylvia, you recognize this dark skinned woman on Derek's phone. You've seen her before. And then you look up at the building that 
entire brownstone that seems to be thumping as the party goes on and it all makes sense to you. This woman, Bella, presumably, is known to you as Bruja. She's a YouTuber, an influencer. She makes videos about macabre topics such as unsolved murders, forensic stories of icky forensic discoveries, creepy pastors, but most of all, and the thing that attracted you to her is that apparently at one point in her pre-YouTube life, she worked as an assistant for a medical examiner in the coroner's office and many of her many of her most popular videos concern stories of all the bizarre horrifying and disgusting things she saw sorry an assistant at, an assistant. at the coroner's office yes and it's news to you that she's a thin blood if indeed that's true Okay, um, you know, I think I know this girl. She's, um, you know, like those true crime podcasts that are just everywhere these days? I are. Yeah, yeah, she's I, like, I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's like <laughs> one of the people who make those. Um, she used to work at the coroner's office. Um, Ooh. but I didn't know she was a thin blood, so that's new. I mean, that's what they're supposed to be good at. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. That's all I've got. Wait, calls herself Brucia? Yeah. Yes, that's that right. Familiar. I definitely mm. saw that. Yep. Sylvia, you tell Derek, you, you give Derek the link to her YouTube channel, at least what you remember it to be, as it's not like you could do much watching of it yourself these days. But Derek holds up his phone again with. Bella's YouTube page on the screen, and indeed, her name is Bruja, spelt B-R-U-J-A. No H on the end. Subtle. I mean, it also means witch, so, I mean, there's that. Still, it's... Yeah. You do speak Spanish now. Muy poquitito. Ah, English. <laughs> <laughs> So, with this extra bit of intel in hand, how do you guys think you'd like to approach this? I think, so just before we're heading though, I will point out like, Derek isn't wearing his like trench coat or anything, he's made an attempt to dress what he believes would be like normal for this sort of situation. <laughs> what does Derek believe to be normal attire for a New Year's Eve party? Uh, probably like, yeah, you know, like a fairly like fairly nice pair of slacks. Maybe not what he normally wears, but it's like a nice shirt. But then he's still he's still got like the vest over it. But he's like, yeah, made sure not to have like his full trench coat or anything. Like, yeah, he's like, gotta make sure I don't appear trimmier when I'm while I'm here. <laughs> Is he the trilby? <laughs> no, no hat. No hat. <laughs> still the glasses though. So basically. To you, Vincent, Derek looks like a bartender. Mm, I could use that. 
Okay, uh, I guess we should get in. I need a fucking drink. Uh, we should get in. Uh, Derek, you say your friend, oh. their friend, your friends are with their friends. Yeah, she's a friend of the, she's a friend of Emily right. and Slits, apparently. So why don't you talk, you handle talking to her, and the rest mm. of us keep an eye out for anything suspicious. Yeah, that should work. I told Emily to give her the heads up I'd be heading over, so she knows I'm coming, at least. Yeah, and if uh, any of us find something, we let the others know. Yeah. Okay. So, the front doors to the building are unlocked, and you easily gain entry, stepping inside, letting the music overwhelm your senses. There are only a few people on the lower floor, a couple pressed against the wall of the lobby, locked in a passionate kiss, and another man dressed in a tuxedo making his way down the corridor towards the entrance. He eyes you suspiciously as you pass. There's an elevator at the end of the corridor, but as you walk up to it, you realise the doors are closed and a sign reads... Take the stairs. It's written in handwriting, and the stairs to the left have sheets of paper with hand-drawn arrows pointing up, taped to the wall. Hmm. Dude was wearing a tuxedo. Well, I don't have one of those in my bag. Hey, what's Raphael wearing? <laughs> Raphael's wearing, like, a leather jacket, uh, loose shirt... You know, tight jeans shows off his ass. <laughs> I mean, you look. You, you you have a momentary thought that you might be underdressed, but considering the couple that are passionately kissing in the lobby appear to be wearing the very stereotypical goth ensemble, you feel you, you know, might be okay. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. This will be great. This will be fine. Besides, I got look my looks to fall back on. All so right. you make this your place. way up the stairs, and as you reach the top floor, you find as you reach the top floor, you find the landing blocked by two large muscular men wearing black t-shirts with stickers that have the word security handwritten on them in Sharpie. Looks like they're probably residents of the building who volunteered to check invites to the party. One of them eyes the four of you and he says, Names? A step forward. And uh, uh, Vincent Merriweather. Vincent Merriweather, he says, raising his eyebrow. Interesting. Interesting. Never seen anyone try to pass themselves off as him before, but either way, you're not on the list. No, I'm not on the list. I helped make it. Uh, the other guy folds his arms and he says, Well, come on. Names. Proper names this time. I'll just step forward, Derek. Derek, huh? He looks down at the slip of paper in his hand. Shakes his head, says, Ain't no Derek here. Look, Bruges Party's exclusive, okay? She's been having a lot of trouble lately. She's not just about to let anyone in. 
he looks at Vincent and he says, and come on, if you even have half a clue who Bruja is, you would know someone like Vincent Merriweather would not be on her list of invites. So come on, pal, stop playing games. No problem. Uh, All right, sorry. <laughs> you got me, man. I just, I just, you know, I'm just fucking with you. I lean forward. We ain't exactly on the list. I will say that. But uh, I will say that uh, also that calling the dog Cisco and uh, Thomas Roth told me this is a good place to hang. Ooh, okay. I'd like you to please make a charisma streetwise check for me, Raphael. Can I throw in Anarch status or no? You can throw in your Anarch status. Alright, five dice. Five successes. Jesus. Man raises his eyebrows at you. He looks down at the slip of paper. It'll be fine. And he says, "How, How do you know Mr. Roth? And they're not even on the list, but they have to... You know, if they turn up, they're allowed in with no questions asked, and... Mm-hmm. Fine, fine, says the man, and the two men disperse, allowing you access to the party. Seems I've made a name for myself. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, that's kind of amazing. <laughs> in no, the whole... So do, 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 do you want yeah, to actually... ask him about it? I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> In the um, ho- yep. No, you got what were you gonna say? Oh yeah, I was, I was, I was just gonna, I was just gonna move on if you weren't gonna like oh, yeah. ask him about it. <laughs> okay, I might like pull him aside. Um, all right. So you know, uh, obviously I'm just fucking around trying to like, you know, I was curious how you'd respond. Uh, what, what do you know about Meriwether? I'd like you to go ahead and please make a charisma persuasion check. Um, that would be... Mm, I probably am down a die since I probably haven't had a hit in a while. Yeah, you haven't had a hit in a while. This could be dodgy, actually. Um... A messy crit. Oh dear lord. Yeah. <laughs> so at first the two at first the two just look at each other. They're unsure if they want to answer, and one of them looks at you and he says, What's it to you? You just step forwards. You don't have the patience for this. Your beast roars. You step forwards. You wrap your hand around his throat and push him against the wall, and you say Tell me about Vincent Merriweather, or I will kill you where you stand. The other guy raises his hands in the air and he says, Okay. Alright, keep your shirt on, man. Look, all we know is Bruger is having beef with some people. She's been getting these weird messages lately. Think someone's out to get her, and Vincent Merriweather was one of the names that she 
told us to be on the lookout for. Said specifically that she wanted to keep her head down from some group called the Camarillo or something like that. Fuck, okay. And then as you (laughs) say this, (laughs) as you say this, the other three of you, you just see from the hallway behind the guards, a man wearing a leather jacket with long blonde hair that comes down halfway down his chest, stepping forward. And he's got one hand inside his leather vest and he narrows his eyes as hey, man, he's man. Vincent pressing this guard against the wall and he says, I'll Hey, take, hands off shoulder. unless you want yeah, trouble. Sorry, sorry, man. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's all good. It's all good. Hey, that. Oh, like, so Ben's back. Easy, man. Easy, easy. He's had a rough night. I'll tell the sorry. guy first up again. Sorry, yeah, sorry. You know how it goes. I it really know how it feelings, man, right? Go ahead, uh, go ahead, Raphael. Figure out if he's a vampire, I probably don't. He's n- there's a lot of blood just in this confined space. The heat of all these people pressed together. Yeah. He could be a vampire, but he's most likely not. All you know is that he's staring with a look of barely disguised anger at Vincent and as Vincent lets the guard go he looks at the guard and he says this yuppie fucker giving you trouble and the guard looks over at Vincent says nothing the guy takes a step forwards reaches into his vest and flicks out a switchblade and then His face twists to anger. He looks in Vincent's direction and he says, Oi, fucko, what are you doing here? Shit, okay. Um, Seriously, man, I'm I'm really sorry, dude. I just fucking, I'm having a, a, I'm having a weird night. I think I took some fucked up shit the other day and I'm still getting the after effects. I'm sorry, man. I won't make a problem with myself, all right? I would like hope. And Vincent, please make charisma persuasion checks. You can substitute either of you can substitute it with performance if you like. This a body mod guy. He's not a. He does have a. He does have a silver piercing in his right nostril, so you can add a dice. Yep. And also, Vincent, you can add if you have or you can add presence dice. Okay. Two successes. So, sorry, what was the... It was charisma and... Charisma and either performance or persuasion, and you can add present... Per, yeah, yeah. Cr- and you can add if presence you if you have it. Bestial failure. Oh, <laughs> oh, Jesus. I'm so sorry, bro. Bestial failure. Okay. <laughs> so, 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 Raphael raises his hands. He says, look, my buddy's a bit messed up. He's... Someone must have spiked his drink or something, and look, we're just trying to get back in there so we can find out what was going on. He's not meaning anyone any harm. At this, Vincent, you're not going to take this shit. Your beast roars, and you leap forward, setting upon the man. 
I would like you to please make a strength or dexterity plus athletics check. <laughs> oh, good Christ. We need to get the party. We didn't even get into the party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some of the door, Jesus. <laughs> um, so... Anyway, mm. we're all oh, going to turn... Very uh, bad. Uh, dex athletics, is that? Yep, or strength. Okay. Are there um, any of the rest of you doing anything as you see Vince just snarl and leap forward? <laughs> so, first I'm going... The guy came through a door, right? He, he just came walking down the hallway behind the guards. So, basically, you're just standing on the landing of the stairs. You're not even actually in the apartment. So, I immediately whip nobody else's insight um you can make a wits awareness check if you like that's going to dip in that that's going to tell me what kind of action to take here because we need to cover this up and smooth it over does anyone else have like for that forgetful mind trick oh, I, <laughs> I, I actually have forget now oh my god uh, you do? Yeah. sylvia yeah. has it do you have it all right so, wits plus, wits plus perception. So, how many people are currently involved in what's going on that aren't? So, there's just the two angry. guards and the two guards who are just standing there, and the guy that Vincent's about to attack. Uh, it doesn't look like anyone else is in the stairwell. Two successes. Two successes. So, in a split second, in a split second, Raphael, you look peer past the guy down the dark hallway there's flashing lights coming from various apartments but you can't see anyone within the hallway you look over your shoulder and you see no one in the stairwell it's just you and these three i wave at sylvia and derek to get the other one i grab one of the guards and say forget and turn him to face away down this on the stairs. i sling my shoulder around him so you see man it's not so hard when you get down to it <laughs> Yep. Um, how did Vince go on his on his check? Oh, oh, it was a best year of failure. Yeah. Oh, oh, your your athletics dex one as yeah. well. All right. So I've had a coke or blood in a while. Yeah. So, so. Vince, you completely Sorry, lose yourself. Your beast just goes, kill him, drink him now, and it sounds all right to you. You came here to feed. You came here to get a drink. Why not this guy? So you just leap forwards and this guy is clearly you know he, he must be their he must be their makeshift bouncer or something he's seen some shit and so as you leap towards him he lashes out with the knife and you wrap your arm around him and go to sink your fangs into his neck and he plunges his knife up into your chest and deals four points of superficial damage oh <laughs> have down to two right halved down to two Okay. Yeah. You pull him down to the floor, and as he starts to struggle, you sink your fangs into his neck and just start drinking deep. Sylvia, Derek. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yep. uh, oh, oh, yeah, Derek. Uh, I'm getting Vincent. I'm yep. gonna try and drag Vincent off. So, so Derek. Okay, walk the hall, block the hallway, or something. Yep. So. So Derek's going to grab a guy to make him forget, and Sylvia's going to try to pull Vincent off? Yeah. Other way yeah. around. Other way around? Oh, All right. What? No, no, How no, do no, you guys no, want to do it? Okay. Sylvia, Sylvia volunteered to get. Sylvia, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, strunk girl. All right. So 
So, Derek, I'd like you to make a strength athletics check to just grab the guard, force him away from just because he's just he turns and watches as Vincent leaps forwards. His mouth drops open, but if he has anything to say, you don't hear it. All of this is drowned out by the constant pumping of music coming from down the hallway. But you're going to leap forwards and try to grab him and force him to look into your eyes. Yeah. That's three successes. 20. Yeah, yeah. So you grab him. Grab him one hand on each of his ears and forcibly pull him around. He shouts something in protest, but you can't hear it as the music swells. You look into his eyes and whisper, forget, as Sylvia runs past you towards Vincent. Vincent, you are currently at hunger four. You've sunk your teeth into this guy, and as blood spurts out as the... Oh, as the ecstasy swells over you, as the sweet, warm vitae begins to run down your throat, I would like you to roll for hunger frenzy. And the way we do that is you will be rolling your willpower plus a third, one third of your humanity, rounded down. Um... Okay, that's going to be six. Okay. Just yep. flat, no modifiers? No modifiers, just your willpower plus one third of your humanity rounded down. No hunger Two successes. No hunger dice either. Two successes. Two successes. Okay, Sylvia, your heart sinks as you rush towards Vincent. And you hear Vincent snarling like a rabid animal. And Vincent just looks up at you, his eyes bloodshot. And he's just telling you, stay away. Don't you dare get between me and my food. What do you do, Sylvia? When have I ever listened to you? And I'm just going to grab and try and rip him off. All right. Make make a strength athletics check, please. And Vincent, you will also make one. And you'll have a bonus dice in your frenzy. Hunger's <laughs> um, still at four? Um, yep, you could, yep, hunger's still at four. Well, you can say it's gone out of three now. Two successes. Two successes. So, Sylvia, you reach forwards, grab hold of his dinner jacket and try to wrench him off. But Vincent pushes you away, extends his hands, and he roars, knocking you off your feet and making you fall to the ground. And he pushes you off with such force that you take a single point of superficial damage and you have to steady yourself so you don't go tumbling down the stairs. Jesus, okay. Oh, good. Vincent roars, and then he detaches his mouth, ripping out the guy's esophagus before your very eyes. Fuck. The guy twitches once, twice, gasps for breath, and then is completely still, blood still and gushing. That's a death gurgle. Yeah. I, I would... mean, Death Gurgle, the band, have you ever heard of that? <laughs> <laughs> I would like uh, 
Vincent and Sylvia to both get a stain, please. Um, stain on what grounds? Just, well, you killed him in your frenzy. I just, uh, that's not my dignity at all. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's uh, not dignified that. at all. You ripped the guy's throat out. <laughs> and yeah, I was having a look at my own convictions first. On the other yeah. hand, you do get to reset your hunger to zero. Uh, one. <laughs> oh, yeah, you <laughs> do get to reset first. your hunger to one. And I did roll on the table, and that guy had a... Did have a, a resonance. He was getting quite worked up, trying to <laughs> defuse <laughs> the growing uh, conflict. Um, he had within him a melancholy resonance, a tint of fear running through him in those final moments. You gain a bonus dice to your fortitude if you have it. I do. Okay. Could have used that earlier. So... You lean back, letting the blood roll down your throat, down the front of your face onto your dinner jacket, and you breathe a contented sigh that's drowned out in the music. Suddenly, your senses return to you, and you realise what you've done and feel incredibly embarrassed. I kind of, oh, I kind of, oh, I kind of glance me. back to see how it's, how it's going. Oh. Yeah. I turn to the guy who is starting to come out of it and say... Why don't you go take a break outside, man? You look like you could use it. Don't look. Just go. Don't look back. You're going to dominate him? Motion of Derek to do the same. Mesmerize, yeah. Yep. Derek, are you going to? You're going to risk a Risk it? I'm risking it, and I, I do not get hungrier. Thank God. Okay. How do you go, Derek? Are you going to? <laughs> yeah, because there's only one other guard here, isn't there? Oh, yeah, there's one other guard at... He's going to turn around any moment and see what's happening behind him. I can get him if you want. I can get him if you're... Are you giving me a look like I can't do that? Oh, uh, yeah. Give it a shot. All right, I'll go ahead. Like, yeah, rouse just, your blood, Derek. Just just, go, yeah, go take a break. Go get some air. <laughs> Ignore everything in the hallway. All right. Uh, you speak your words in unison. The two guards are just about to turn around, and then they look at each other and shrug, and one says, oh, Tell you what, Mick, I could go for a smoko. Oh, yeah, me too, says the other, and they they nod at you, and they just say, Oh, sorry for the trouble. Head on in. Uh, Bruges probably expecting you. Uh, refreshments uh, in a bunch of the apartments. Uh, don't cause any trouble. And then they squeeze no past you and make their way down the stairwell. You have no idea how true those words are. Refreshments are in many departments. <laughs> you you turn around to yeah. see this guy with the guy with the knife and the leather jacket and the long hair just lying on the ground. His throat's been ripped out. There is still blood gushing out of the wound. His skin is growing rapidly paler by the second. And Vince is just leaning against the wall, licking his lips. Firstly, I'm beginning to see why you are no longer a diplomat. Secondly, we need to disappear this, this corpse now. I would like... Sylvia, I would like Sylvia and Hope to please roll for Hunger Frenzy as you see the blood splashed okay. over the floor and walls. And a corpse. And a corpse. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, what what role is that, sorry? That is willpower plus a third of your humanity, please. I was about to say, Vincent is at this point <laughs> scrambling to try and uh, regain some, like, ego. Yeah, and so... <laughs> he, he sort of looks to Sylvia and he's like, it's a corpse. Alright, well, first of all, three successes. Yep, four so, successes for me. Alright. I have to ask, but... You're... I have to ask, but now that I'm at four hundred, do I have to... Oh, yeah, well? you have to roll for it too, Derek. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so what is it? It's willpower, it's willpower plus, plus a humanity. third of your humanity. Which is only true, isn't it? So that's... Actually, tell you what. Is that blood going to stay down? <laughs> if, uh... If it, with refined palate? We'll get to that in a moment. Oh my god! <laughs> 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 more! <laughs> is, it, is he going to be Fucking asked about the party. <laughs> How'd you do, Derek? Uh, ooh, two successes. Two successes. Okay, so, Hope and Sylvia, you look at the corpse and the blood still fresh from the vein calls to you and you go, no, 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 no. This would be bad. We're not making this worse. That You look at each other and you will each other to calm down while two things happen beside you. The first is... I would like Vincent to make a willpower roll for me, please. Okay. Uh, hunger? <laughs> uh, uh, well, you can add your... No, don't add your hunger to it. Just normal willpower. Sure. Two. Okay, okay. Two. Vince immediately looks back at you with a queasy look on his face, and then he doubles oh. over and... <laughs> <laughs> starts coughing up the blood he just drank. Vincent, you manage to get a handle on yourself after a few seconds, but you still cough up a significant portion of what you drank as it doesn't fit your normal refined palate and you gain a point of hunger going up to two, okay. splashing even more blood onto the wooden floorboards. Meanwhile, Derek... Derek just takes a look at the corpse and he bares his teeth and he snarls and runs forwards and to your horror, Derek steps over the corpse and starts to walk with purpose down the hallway towards the party. Oh, oh no, 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 no. I'll chase after him. You chase after, yep. All right. <laughs> I'd like you, Raphael, go ahead, make a strength athletics check, and I would like Derek to also make a strength athletics check. Strength, huh? Can I do something different instead? What would you like to do? I'd like... Oh, God. I'd like to bite my arm. Yep. And stick my wrist in front of Derek's face. Oh, yeah, you can do that. Oh, jeez, you're here. So you rush up to Derek as he's walking towards the party and Derek, you're consumed by the singular purpose. Your beast, your beast has received permission to feed, but it's not interested in a corpse. 
It knows the party is at the end of the hallway and it can feel that live, warm blood pumping through all those vessels on the other side of the wall. You can almost see them disembodied blood vessels on the other side of the plaster waiting for you. Suddenly, hope in the guise of Raphael is in front of you. His wrist torn, blood leaking out of a wound and hope you're going up to five hunger derek will you try will you try to will yourself in the depths of your frenzy to feed on hope rather than moving onwards into the party uh Realizing it's the better alternative, yes. Go ahead and make a willpower check for me. Uh... Oh, only one this time. Only one. Yep. You have a moment of clarity. If you feed from hope, you'll be able to stave off frenzy just long enough to avoid making things worse than they are. But your beast's roar overrides it. Through there, in the party, vessels, drink from them, drain them! If he's ignoring that... You push hope's arm away and continue walking. Hope, you realise you're going to have to force him. With five hunger. <laughs> Do I have five hunger now? You, no, you haven't drank. Well, you haven't actually given him any of your blood. You still have four hunger until he drinks from it. Three hunger, actually. Oh, three hunger until okay. he drinks. All right, I'm going to get in front of him, and I'm going to say, "Calm the fuck down." <laughs> okay, go ahead, rouse, please. Still at three hunger. Wow, you are. But however, I am going to rouse the blood to boost manipulation because I am so bad at this, and I'm still <laughs> at three hunger. Okay, go ahead and oh, roll yes. manipulation plus dominate, and Derek, I'd like you to roll intelligence plus resolve, please. I am the anti-Vincent tonight. Okay. <laughs> Five successes. All right, we'll see how Vincent goes. Ooh. Only one. Only one. Vincent, you feel the relief wash over you as Hope's words pierce the depths of your frenzy and calm your beast just for a moment. Your faculties return to you. You realize what you were just about to do and you stop yourself halfway down the hallway. I lick my wound. <laughs> Uh, shit, shit, sorry. You need to get away from all this blood. Go outside. Find somebody out there. There's plenty of people walking around. Feed without killing them. You think you can do that? Yeah, should be able to. Or he could, like, okay. or or if he wants, he could now go into the party and feed without killing someone, hopefully. <laughs> I leave it to your judgment. We got a corpse yeah. to clean up now. Vincent. Are you going to leave looking for things? 
Sorry? Are you good at looking for things? Uh, I'm okay. Sylvia, are you good at looking for things? Is that what's an awareness? That's investigation, I think. Uh, nope. Although she okay, does have okay. high, decent intelligence. Well, I need one of you to, f to find a place to stash this corpse. Well, the other two of us stand by the hallway and, and make people walk the other way. One on either end, okay? This is one of my job. Okay, cool. You take the party-facing side. Uh, I'll take the entry-facing side, and Sylvia, do what you can to stash the corpse and clean things up, okay? <laughs> sure, yep. Yeah, keep Actually, it quiet. Sylvia's on the verge of hunger frenzy herself. <laughs> oh, if she gets a snack yeah. off the corpse, whatever. Well, yeah, you can feel free to drink from the corpse if you like. Yeah, that is... Uh, not but, here. But yes, well, not here, but yeah. um, is it like drained of blood right now, though? Or well, could well, I actually drink? It's drained, like, enough that, like, all the blood that would be considered alive is gone. But there'd be, like, lingering, you know, congealed blood and stuff in his blood vessels that mm. would be fine for you. Yeah, yeah okay. Vincent uh, don't okay. have the iron gullet you do. Hey, okay. <laughs> Alright, I'll p pick up the, the body, I guess? Yep. Meanwhile... Uh, and I presume you're going to want to try to ensure that no more blood leaks out of it? Yes, please. Yep. yep. All right. So, Derek, what are you going to do? Now that you're out of your hunger frenzy, what are you going to do? Yeah. You're going to go outside to feed, or do you want to head into the party and try to find someone that you can feed from, hopefully without drinking them dry? Uh, no, I'll yeah, head outside. Head downstairs, head outside. Yep. All right. So I would like Sylvia to please make a intelligence investigation check. As Sylvia is dragging out the body, I'm like, you're going to have too much fun with it now, as I sort of silently give her a look of actual genuine thanks. <laughs> yeah. This is not over, I swear to God. Um, I only got one success, though. One success. So you hoist the body over your shoulder and start carrying it down the hallway, trying to find a place you can put it. At the end of the hallway is a doorway that leads into the apartment complex. You don't dare carry it further than that, even though you can see on the other side of the threshold, it's quite dark and the music would cover up most noises. You have to make, you want to make do with here. So you look around and you see only one place that might be suitable, about halfway down the hallway between the stairwell and the entrance to the apartments. A small maintenance closet. There's a sticker on the door that reads, Maintenance Personnel Only. Right. Up. Head over to the maintenance closet, pull the door open and carefully lower the body down in between a yellow bucket and a plastic crate full of bottles of cleaning fluid. Please make an intelligence medicine check to see if you can locate any blood still left within the body. One success again. One success. 
So you look down at the gaping wound in the throat that Vincent has made, and you know you won't be able to find any blood there. But you know of a couple of places in the body where blood tends to pool after death. And so using your fangs, you bite into those parts on the extremities of the limbs, on the underside of the legs and buttocks, and hope your questing fangs will find some pooled, congealed blood. And they do, enough to reduce your hunger by two. Okay, once that's done, um, back up to the party and double-check there aren't any stains on the way down. Shut the door behind you, and you see that basically the entire floor and portions of the baseboard of the wall in front of where the Coterie is standing is utterly drenched in blood. Well, that'll be the stain. Okay. <laughs> as, as Derek uh, presses... Yep. You, you, you want to try to clean it up, or are you going to just leave it or cover it with something? We need to take care of the stain now. Yeah. yeah. Actually clean it up. So... Have we seen a janitor's closet or something? I'll head back down the stairs to the... Sylvia um, points yeah. to the closet where she hid the body. I, I should know what gets blood out of carpets and whatever the heck, right? So, yeah, you should. I'll do my best. Okay, I'd like you to make another intelligence medicine check, please. You can add science. If, you can do science instead if you have that. Oh, no, definitely medicine. Uh, three successes. So, uh, Vincent and Hope, you hear the sound of, you hear the sound of Sylvia dragging the plastic crate of cleaning fluid out of the cupboard. You hear her getting down and you hear her say, oh God, there's so much of it as she starts to scrub the stain away. It's taking longer than you would hope, but she's working as fast as she can. At mean, this point, I'm fine with it. It's a dark hallway. Yeah, it's, it's a dark hard. hallway. Okay. But Vincent's still facing towards the party. And Vincent, as you hear the sound of Hope and Sylvia scrubbing furiously behind you, you see someone step out of the flashing lights and darkness, out from the din of music who begins walking towards you, a woman, and in her right hand, you see her clutching a little plastic baggie. Hey, she says as she approaches you. Good party, huh? Bruja knows how to get shit thumping. And then she waits for you to step out of the way. do you do vincent sorry um brain was in the clouds uh yeah right fucking good time huh how is my suit looking by the way like uh, how is my suit looking it's a couple specks of blood on it here and there but the hallway's dim enough that the woman doesn't seem to notice 
she yes, just so nods and she says, okay. she, she just nods and she says, yeah, I, I know, right? And then she just stands there waiting for you to move. <laughs> I just sort of stand, stand there for a bit. And I'm like, so, are you having a good time today? I'd like you to please make a resolve and either performance or streetwise check. Sure. Um, One success. One success. I'm imagining an awkward cough, I'd like, so, come here often? Yeah, yeah, so, like, <laughs> you're desperately trying to stall her long enough and she keeps talking to you. you. You make stabs at conversation and she just brushes them aside. And at one point she just says, okay, can you just get out of the fucking way, please? Oh, shit. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I sort of turn around to look behind me to see if anyone's like coming. You look behind her and you see Sylvia and Hope scrub away the last dreg of visible blood. There's a little, there's more specks here and there, but with the hallway as dark as it is, they probably won't be noticed until the morning at least. Right, I'm happy to let us sit back. I'm sorry, I, I, I totally didn't realize completely out of it tonight. You step out of the way and she passes and she looks at you and she says, fucking creep, as she just makes her way down the hallway, walking past the others, paying no attention to them. On top of my game tonight. Meanwhile, we cross to Derek. Derek, yes. you followed the advice of the rest of the coterie. You turned tail, made your way down the stairwell, and you've gone outside to the street outside the brownstone building and the humid summer air has enveloped you it seems to bake into your skin causing your skin to be covered in a thick layer of sticky moisture your beast is still hyper vigilant as you look around looking for someone to feed on but the street appears to be relatively empty anyone who's anyone is inside enjoying the party your predator type is osiris i believe yep okay so i would like you to please make for me uh well you're unlikely to find anyone who knows your occult methods here so i'd like you to please make an intimidation plus fame roll to bully someone into letting you feed from them this time if you best you'll fail it or it'll be away from the party so we <laughs> yeah. are trying to get into an actual party so. <laughs> we haven't even got through the door yet Aren't you glad you brought me? Sure. Uh, it's... Yeah, it's bad luck. Yeah. Uh, it's just no successes. <laughs> no successes. Okay. So, you prowl around the street, sticking your head into some alleyways, looking around the corner, trying to find someone 
anyone to feed from, but no one. You make your way back to the brownstone apartment just in time to see the same woman that Vincent saw stepping out of the doors. She pays no attention to you. She walks past you and makes her way to one of the cars parked beside the street. There, she upturns a little plastic baggie and portions out a line of cocaine on the boot of the car and leans over to snort it up. Did and I this, see this? Oh, you did not, because you're still okay. in the building. <laughs> I heard him mention a little plastic baggie, and I was wondering if he got yeah, that. But, but no, I was, got it. Yeah, Vincent yeah. was trying to distract her. He wasn't necessarily going for the yeah. drugs, even though he probably wanted to. Um so you approach her at this point, Derek, just as she's about to finish the line. She looks up at you and she says, Oh, God, what the fuck do you want? And you just smile and you say, You're going to let me feed from you and you're going to be quiet. And you look into her eyes, dominating her with your will, and you press her down onto the boot of the car and sink in your fangs. I would like you to please go ahead and roll willpower plus a third of your humanity again. Oh, we got a good roll this time. Four successes. Four successes. You feel that frenzy building up again, pumping through your veins, but this time you suppress it. The woman struggles and begins to cry out. Your bullying doesn't work, so you dominate her to pacify her and then take what you need. You reduce your hunger to one, and then you force yourself to disengorge. You pull your fangs out, lick the wound shut, look into her eyes and tell her to forget and then just throw her onto the boot of the car and you turn, begin to make your way back into the building. The drugs that she was snorting begin to pump through your system and by the time you make... <coughs> Sorry. By the time you make your way to the doorway and begin to pull it open, you blink several times. You feel your senses changing, your perception of reality warping as the cocaine takes effect within you. And for you, that is going to... Uh, let me see... You are what you eat. I just have to look this up because I was not expecting this to actually happen. But I, <laughs> but I think we should do it anyway. So uh, let me check the index. Because uh, I know what I know. Cocaine does something for you, Vincent, but I think it does something different because he's not an addict to it. It um, should be a bonus to one dice pool of selection. So physical, social, and mental. That's right. But also a, also a uh, penalty, I believe. Um, 
TM cocaine effects. Yeah, so Vin so Derek, you may select uh you may select a bonus to either your physical, mental, or social pools. But you also get a penalty die to any resolve checks. So it's just so just the general like social, mental, physical, just that entire group, not like one of the yeah, ones just any any group, any group, and you get a bonus die to it while the cocaine is in effect. Because the rolls are attribute plus skill. Yes. Yeah. And as you step into the lobby, your heart sinks out of the corner of your eye. You see, attached to a light, attached to the pole of a street lamp, a CCTV camera that surveys the street. I'd like you to roll a single D10 for me. Ah, oh, shit. Uh, what is that? A four? Four. It's in that brief moment that you realise... Your bullying on the woman didn't work. You had to resort to your vampiric disciplines and oh, you breathe a sigh of relief. The CCTV camera is angled in just such a way that your assault of the woman would have happened just out of frame. Lucky. Oh. Oh, thank God. Sylvia, Vincent and Raphael. You see Derek coming up the stairs. He looks far more composed, though you see his eyes bloodshot darting rapidly from left to right as he takes in the flashes of light and the moving shadows emanating from the apartment down the hallway. Dude, you look fucking jacked. You're, you're kidding me. I look at Sylvia. Did you do something about the wound on the corpse's throat? Did not, but I can handle that after we return these mops and such. Alright, let's go do that. If you can't disguise it, I can flesh grab and shut. You return You return the mops and the cleaning fluid, and then you lick shut the wound that Vincent made. And well, the blood the blood will confuse some people, but for the moment it looks like the guy simply passed out, maybe had a really bad reaction to some drug. You know what? I'm going to reach in my pocket, pull out a bottle of pills and scatter them around. Yep. Let's hope. Probably aspirin or something. But... <laughs> Here, does not have a bottle of random pills on them? Actually, in this guy's, yes. <laughs> makes sense. You shrug, push the door shut, and look at each other. The crisis seems to be over for now. Actual mission. <laughs> okay, the plan is still good. Now that we got the hangry out, most of us got the hangry out. Okay, let's go. As you make your way down the hallway, you notice the two security guards emerging from the stairwell once more, taking their positions at the landing blissfully unaware of what happened mere meters away from them. Oh shit, security guns. <laughs> <laughs> well, Video game security guns. 
in the hallway behind the guards, the music gets much louder. As you step into the apartment complex proper, you see that most of the apartment doors are open. A few different songs are being loudly played simultaneously. Billie Eilish from the right, Dua Lipa from the left, synth pop from down the hallway. People are milling between the various apartments and several are standing in the hallway with drinks. In one doorway, three people are all making out with each other and behind one closed door, you can hear the unmistakable sound of sex. None of these apartments seem to contain who you're looking for. So you continue down the hallway to the apartment at the very end. Step over the threshold into another apartment. All of the furniture has been pushed away, leaving the apartment completely open. It's been transformed into a makeshift dance floor. Folding plastic tables have been laid across the walls on either side of the apartment, groaning under the weight of bottles of alcohol and plates of party food. Here, the party has the most people, the loudest music, and the best refreshments. Every level surface in the apartment has a drink, a plate of food, or someone sitting on it. Many of the partygoers are dancing. There are several screens, a flat screen TV, a couple of, couple of laptops, and even a tablet, all tuned to the local television station. The Channel 10 live footage showing the ball that will drop stroke of midnight I'd like you all to roll wits awareness or uh, charisma etiquette if you'd like to try to uh, find Bella in the midst of this cacophony so I'm going to leave that to them and I'm going to focus on finding somebody to save my hangry yes good idea so I would like you as a scene queen to please go ahead and make a manipulation persuasion check. My manipulation is still boosted. Yep, and you may add a bonus dice because most of the people here have at least one form of obvious body mod. That's if you're content to go for someone who's obvious, it would be incredibly hard to yeah. find yeah. someone else After in this. How this night has been going, I'm not going to get four successes. Yep. So, um, as so you guys are doing wits awareness or our charisma etiquette to try to, you know, take stock of the party, see if you can locate Bella, see if you can locate Emily and Slick if they've arrived. Three successes. Three successes. Sylvia, Derek. Two successes. Two successes. But as as Sylvia and Derek and Vincent begin to cross the dance floor and just and are swallowed up by the crowd of party goers, hope you begin to prowl the apartment looking for someone to feed from. You see a woman perhaps no older than 22, 23, with bright blue hair sitting on her own, scrolling through her phone as she pours a drink with her other hand. 
settle up beside her and start to drum up conversation. Make a show of pouring yourself a drink as the topic turns to the various tattoos taking up most of her right arm. I've got a good one on my back. You show her your That's own right. tattoo, your wings, and... Part of it. She purrs appreciatively as she shows you her pride and joy right there on her bicep. A tattoo of a auburn-haired woman in a red biker's... In a red biker's vest, long blue jeans, aiming a handgun towards you as a skinless creature wraps its tongue around her. She nods and she says, that's my Claire Redfield. Nice. Oh, Resident Evil? Classic. Hey, they... Of course, the wings got some other stuff under them, but I can't exactly show you all of it here. Sorry. You lead her away away from the dance floor, out into the hallway, into one of the adjoining apartments, and into one of the bedrooms. Let's see him, she says, as she pulls the door shut behind her and begins to undo her bra. Alright. You're at Hunger 3, I believe? I am. And so... And I'll go ahead... And I'll yep. go. Normally, I'd entertain her for a bit, but this time I'll just pull her close, nuzzle her neck, and take what you need. Look into her eyes, and bark the command. Forget. And then a few minutes later, you're stepping back into the party, wiping the blood off your lip, looking around for the others. So, Derek, Sylvia, and Vincent. You merge into the crowd, jostle between pe- between people, dancing around you, and try to take stock of the party itself. Derek, you feel a sense of relief as you see Slick and Emily over on the very edge of the dance floor. Slick's looking around, doing his best impression of looking like a bodyguard as he scans the room for threats while Emily sits beside him, kneeling over a box of pizza that lies open on a fold-out table. At the very back of the apartment, you see Bella. She looks much like she does in the picture. A dark-skinned Mediterranean woman with dark makeup, black lipstick, and a black party dress covered in lace cobwebs. She has a glass of champagne in her hand as she sits on the kitchen counter and talks loudly with a few other similarly monochromatic friends. What do the three of you do? Look, uh, it sounds like she's got a bit of a concern for me and um, I don't like I, I don't really want to deal with anything that just like just what just happened so uh I need some fucking blow yep so and you're gonna go hunting yeah uh don't need much just right. need my hit and you're a siren I believe I am indeed so I'd like you to please go ahead and make a charisma plus subterfuge check well, Sylvia yep. and Derek, 
what would you like to do? Do you want to just mingle for a bit? Do you want to approach the Thin Bloods? Do you want to approach Bella? All successes. Lovely. I'll get to you in a moment. Okay. Do you want to speak to her or... I, I mean... Yeah, I'm probably going to go straight for Bella, yeah. Oh, and Sylvia, as you look around, you notice Dorian on the dance floor. He's doing his best impression to try to blend in, but he doesn't quite manage, doesn't quite manage the image, and he stands out like a sore thumb. Everyone else is dancing whatever's hip, going along to the music, and he's doing the monster mash. Holy fuck. Okay. Uh, yeah, you speak. Yeah. I need to damage control this. Well. <laughs> Derek, as you approach Bella, you step out of the crowd. Emily and Slick catch sight of you. Slick smiles, raises a hand in greeting, and then watches as you approach Bella, watching carefully. He's clearly been watching for threats, keeping an eye on her this whole night so far. As you approach, her eyes go wide and she stiffens. Who invited you? She yells over the noise of the party. I just... Uh, Emily invited me. She looks over Emily and Slick standing metres away. Slick raises a hand and calls, Yeah, yeah, he's a... Uh, He's that friend we told you about! She nods, but doesn't look any more at ease. She looks up at you, and she says, Right, so you're the one who's gonna help with, you know, these messages? She says with uncertainty. If they, yeah, if they turn out to be true, yes. She nods, she turns to the friends gathered around her, makes a motion for them to leave her, and as they disperse, she pats the kitchen counter next to her and says, come and sit down, we'll, ha we'll, we'll, we'll have a talk. Yeah, I'll take a seat next to her. You sit down. Trying to make yourself comfortable on the hard plastic counter. She looks you up and down. She frowns and she says, Uh, well, I don't know how to put this, but you are... You look pale. Little sickly-like. Yeah, you, you could say I don't see the sun very much. She nods, understanding the meaning. She says, and you're not with the Camarilla, are you? Uh, despite what my others may think, no, not officially. To like you to please make a charisma persuasion check. Uh, ooh, okay, so only two, but they were both critical, so that makes it four, doesn't it? Yep. Yep. 
She nods. Right, right. She breathes a sigh of relief. <sighs> All I know is Emily and Slick said they were getting, you know, a full blood involved, and I... Well... She says, I've been getting these. She holds up her phone and you scroll through the messages. They're all variations of the same thing. We know what you are, bloodsucker. You're a murderer. We're going to expose you for what you are. She shrugs. She says, look, at first I didn't think anything of it. It's just part of being a woman on the internet, eh? But it was Emily and Slick. They mentioned something about an inquisition and, uh, well, it was their idea to reach out. You yeah, know, it's... I'm assuming... From, uh, from what I understand, you're fairly careful about when you try to get a drink. She nods. She says, look, uh, all of the Thin Bloods, me, Emily, Slick, there's other Thin Bloods in the community... Well, we learned well. We won't be accepted among you guys. So we have to use the mortals as our cover. And we've learned to be good at it. We have to be. It's at this point that you see... That you see Hope, no longer Raphael, but Hope. Stepping out of the crowd and walking towards you. Bella looks in Hope's direction, her eyes wide, and she says, And she's friend of yours, right? Uh, yeah. Friend of mine, it's... Yeah, she's part of our group. She gestures for Hope to come and join you. I'll come on over, adjusting my backpack. She hey. holds out a hand. Bella! Or oh. Bruja, you might know me as... Uh, let's go with Bella. Hope, oh, pleased to meet you. Ooh, just one of those words you gotta be careful with, you know? She looks at you, she says, I don't know, is it? It's been my handle for years, like, before I was embraced, even. Yeah, the funny thing is, that's the name of one of the clans. Clans? She says. It... It's one of those words you got to be careful with sometimes. Oh, right. She says, you mean like the type of... She leans in. Vampire that you are, right? Mm. I'm going to insider her at this point. Go ahead, make an intelligence insight check. She, If she's... She might be acting here. Mm. Three successes. Three successes. She's not acting. She seems to be genuinely concerned. The vampire... Either she knows very little about the world of Kindred, or she's been deliberately kept away from it, which is odd, considering where she happens to live, right on the edge of Camarilla territory. Yeah, there's a lot of info that you, we probably shouldn't go right into go into right here but at this point just out of the corner of your eye you see vincent stepping back into the apartment wiping his lip there's a tiny bit of powder underneath his nose vincent 
You've reset your hunger to one, and you are now under the effects of cocaine. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> As Vincent steps into the room, a man wearing an almost identical dinner jacket and business suit just winks at Vincent. You notice his hair is dishevelled and out of place as he as he nods, moves away from Vincent and joins the party goers on the dance floor once again. Nice. Um Sylvia, as you approach Dorian he sees you coming and he smiles, beaming wildly, immediately drops the monster mash act, makes his way over to you and says, Oh, thank God, I can act like a normal person again. Yeah, I hate to break to you, but you weren't exactly doing that before either. Um, look, why don't you just stand in a corner or something? Um, we're here now. It's Everything's pretty much all figured out. So as a matter of fact, you can probably go if you want. He frowns. He says, he says, been trouble? Yeah, I, I guess you could say that. Um, how do you know this person, Bella, anyway? He shrugs. He's like, look, like you told me, been digging in, finding contacts I can, trying to dig up what I can about Patrick and, well, made a couple of friends in the Anarchs, in the Thin Blood community. Turns out, uh, Turns out masterless ghouls and thin bloods have a lot in common, and well, one thing led to another, and he looks around, he says, Well, I see the rest of your coterie are here, so I'll leave it in your capable hands, but first he leans in, he says, Look, I was gonna tell you, you know, that night after Elysium, said I had something to tell you afterwards, was gonna meet you at your apartment. Then I thought Patrick had his claws well and truly into you, and I didn't want to... He shrugs, leans in even further, and he says, Look, been getting intel like you said, and... Well, I got in contact with someone up in Brisbane. Former ghoul of our mutual master. Father Patrick, former ghoul of his that escaped the purge, and, well, he told me some stuff that it might corroborate what Spider said to you. Patrick fled the city night before the SI operation began, almost as if he knew it was going to happen. One more thing, though, raises his hand, he looks around confident that no one can hear him in the din of the music and the festivities leans in even further and he says my contact mentioned that one of patrick's coterie mates was convinced he was in contact with someone from another city he suspected it was someone from squizzy's court due to the circumstantial evidence and well he shrugs i guess that was true since here's where he showed up And the school is still up in Brisbane right now, or are they around here? He nods, up in Brisbane, and sworn to secrecy, I might add. Look, I know you say that the blood bond is broken, but 
the ghoul doesn't want to take any chances. If you know who he is, Patrick will know who he is. His life will be forfeit, understand? Right, I understand. He looks around, uh, well, he says... Looks around, he says, look, this isn't my scene. Uh, I'm going to head out. But hopefully you can figure out what's going on here. And uh, as he turns away, he looks over his shoulder, he says, I wasn't that bad at dancing, was I? Uh, look, I think you should just stick to preaching, if I'm honest. He shrugs. He says, hey, Monster Mash was the in thing back before I got my first hit of vamp blood. <laughs> and then he disappears into the crowd, leaving you to rejoin the others. You step up just as Bella is looking at Hope. As she sees you approach, she holds out a hand and she says, Oh, you must be Sylvia. Dorian said you'd be coming by. Uh, Bella, or Bruja. She holds out her hand. Lovely to meet you. Um, how'd you guys meet anyway? You and Dorian, I mean. She says, well, you know, there's a lot of overlap. Thin bloods and ghouls are both at the bottom of the totem pole, or at least that's what I'm told, tend to run in the same circles, and Dorian just happened to be there, said he was looking for ghouls in particular that were trying to get away from their masters, and she shrugs, she says, well, look, look at me going on as if I know what I'm talking about. You guys are, well, aside from my sire, you guys are the first kindred I've met. We should, de so, you definitely need to be filled in on a few things, but again, right now, the more important thing is solving your problem. Uh, this could be a fishing expedition. They might have thought that Bruja was meant to be a kindred reference and just are trying to rattle you into doing something vamp-related. Right, right, she says, because Bruja, or, or Bruja, she looks in your direction, is a clan, and, and Gangrel would be another one, right? Yeah. Somebody taught you that one? Okay. She nods. She says, my sire, he's a Gangrel. Oh, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Hmm. I don't know many Gangrel, to tell the truth, but I've heard they do stuff. She says, so... Pretty cool. So you don't think they're after me? Or... She cuts herself off. She says, wait, wait, wait. You think the person sending these texts actually does know what's going on? And... and that they actually are a threat? This is just supposition. So, can you show us the texts? They seem to be the main evidence. She holds out her phone, shows you the texts, just like she did for Derek. There isn't anything... Actually, I'd like each of you to make an intelligence investigation check, please. Can I substitute technology? You can substitute technology if you have it. Uh, and I do. And yeah, because yeah, they're text messages, aren't they? They aren't like through like a app or anything. Four dice, four successes. Good lord. I'd like to be sort of hovering at a distance where I can yeah, kind of. You're you're like sort of mingling where you can hear what's being said. 
considering waltzing over the orange do it quite yet. And when you hear uh, mention of the word gangrel, your ears do perk up. It's still around here. As you recall that your sire seems to be having problems with a gangrel. Indeed I do. Okay, so that's four successes for Hope. So Hope, you scroll through the messages. The first thing you notice is that there's nothing in them that seems specifically to refer to kindred. Phrases used include bloodsucker, murderer, blood drinker, but nothing like kindred or even vampire. There's nothing to suggest the person sending them knows that Bella is indeed a vampire. Seems to be their attempt at incendiary language, things that they think might get a response. The second thing you notice is that the majority of the texts seem to have been sent from an anonymous texting service. None of them come from the same number. They all come from a pool of ten, maybe more different numbers that are just random jumbles of numerals together and you quickly determine it's some sort of third-party texting service yeah somebody paid some bots to basically mean text you this doesn't sound like the inquisition they would have used something in-house well uh, what do you think it is she says why would they well, be trying to get a rise out of me the timestamps do they uh, fall within a various pattern you know you realize that all of the texts seem to have been sent within the last 48 hours. But during both day and but night, yeah. most of them arrive during night. Some have appeared during the day, maybe two or three, but the majority have arrived during the night hours. And I'll pass that along. Not sure, but there's a possibility. Wait, she says, her eyes going wide. Most of them came in at night, and, well, look, yeah. I tend to stream during the day, so, you know, at first I thought maybe it was someone saw me streaming and, you know, just some creepy stalker or something, but no, they would be sending it while I'd been streaming. This writes that out. Oh, oh, she clams up and she says, if they're coming at night, then that means... It could be other kindred trying to make a move against you. She looks at the three of you assembled and she says, how do I know I can trust you? How do I know you're not with the the Camarilla? She says, whispering. I work with Jackie and Sage. Mm, I'd and like to tell you all you need to know right there. I'd like you to make a yeah. charisma persuasion roll. You may add an extra dice for name dropping Sage. And Anarch status? And Anarch status for another extra dice. Alright. She's not in the body mold culture, is she? She's not. Alright. All right. I'll stop trying to milk it. Four successes. Jackie? Sage? Yeah. My sires mentioned those names, said that if I ever needed friends, they would help. And, well, I guess if your friends are theirs, then I can trust you. Alright. Sage is going to like my adopted sire so if Bella, i do you wrong she's gonna I'm, she'll give me an earful bella shrugs and she says fine well look if i can help you get to the bottom of this if this is some sort of threat against me or 
Maybe, my sire, I'll help you how I can, but... Well, what do you want to know? Um... Who's your sire? Eyes go wide, and she thinks for a moment. She says, look, well, I suppose... I'll suppose I can trust you. Look, his name is Duke. He's a gangrel. I would like all of you present to please make an intelligence plus politics role, and you may add your anarch status to this. Um, myself included? Yourself included. Intelligence politics. Not my anarch status. Four dice, even with the status. Three success. The dice roller, I don't know what I did. Mm. Uh, three successes. Three successes. Yeah. Derek, Sylvia. Beast or failure. Beast or failure. Okay. Well, I'm not going to apply that for just knowing if you for just determining if you know someone's name. <laughs> that would be. Thank you. That would be very. Yeah, beast or failure on passive rolls. Is yeah. Um, Derek. Uh, two. Two. two? Uh, okay. So everyone except Sylvia, and this would make sense because Sylvia's sire would have kept her away from Anarchs, would have kept her in the yeah. dark. But you've and Vincent would know because he would have heard. You know, the guy's name mentioned in petty gossiping and people making moves against him. But you've all heard of Duke. Duke is a wannabe warlord, a anarch rabble rouser. He's the leader of a local gang of toughs who he puts to good use, essentially causing trouble for the Camarilla, committing petty crimes and small masquerade breaches, particularly to keep Conrad Shrek and his police force busy to get under their skin. Baron Sue won't acknowledge his efforts from what you've heard, but she doesn't explicitly condemn them, as he does put a small amount of pressure on the cam. Duke's a maybe, but... Somebody learned the connection. They could be trying to get at him through you. Have you done anything recently that would draw the ire from any kindred? She looks at you and she just she shakes her head. She says, "I've only been a kindred for a month. I I've never met any other kindred save for you and my sire, and I've just been living my life as normal." My sire said he had enemies, said that the ones who ashed his sire might try to make a move, but... Hmm. Okay. Then it sounds like they're trying to spook you into making a mistake or getting him done to overreact. That's what it sounds like to me, but that's a theory. So, what do you want to do, she says. And we are wrapping up That's... soon, by the way. <laughs> Just want to get this scene done. I'm thinking for now, continue on with business as normal. We can rule out the Inquisition. They would have done things completely differently if this was them. Yeah, this is this is too out in the open for them. So it sounds like we need to go investigate a bit. Maybe talk to Duke. Can you arrange a meeting? She thinks for a moment and then she shrugs and she says yeah uh look 
I don't know how to get in contact with him. He gets in contact with me, but he told me if I ever needed him, I should go here. And she writes down an address on a scrap of paper and hands it to you. It's on the other side of the city in Anarch territory. Okay. Can anyone else think of anything we should do here? Any questions you want to ask her? She says, he sends me text messages. I can send a text and say that you're looking for him if you like and and that you're friends, but it'll be up to you to actually, actually go there and meet with him. I'm down. She shrugs and she says, oh, okay, f- uh, I'll let him know you're coming, but be careful. He- he's been on edge lately and, well, I don't know the specifics. He tries to keep me away from all this, says that yeah. I'm safest the less I know about any kindred matters. But yeah. there's this guy yeah. who he thinks is after him, someone who... Someone who killed his sire years ago and who he thinks is finally going to make a move against him. Did he give this guy a name? She nods. Yeah. Uh, something started with C. Uh, uh. And then as she says the name, Sylvia... You find yourself saying it at the same time. Cassius! God damn it. Alright. Frame the mules? Yeah, well. Uh, Patrick's not the guy's only name. (laughs) Hearing this, Bella's face changes instantly into a mask of terror. She looks at Sylvia and she says, you, you know who he is? I guess you could say that, yeah? We all do. He's a piece of work. Oh my god, I... She raises a hand to her mouth. She looks around and she says, I... You are safe from him. I put my hand on her shoulder. Trust me, he's not going to show up here. I'll be safe at the party. No one's going to try anything here tonight. I look around at all the technology surrounding everything, the flashing lights. (laughs) He's not going to come himself. And if he does, says Slick, stepping up with Emily behind him, we'll be here to take care of you. He looks at Derek. Right, boss? Let me give yeah. you some special instructions as to fighting the guy. And I'd lead him a bit away from Bella. Listen, if the technology starts going crazy, grab her and run. He nods. La Sombra like Sylvia, right? Only like three or four times, yeah. Emily shrugs. Been learning a bit about Kindred from the other Thin Bloods. We see technology start going haywire. Any of those light bulbs bursts. We'll get her out of here. Don't you worry. I give them both a squeeze. Good work. Emily, right, look, Emily looks over at Derek. So, boss, 
we staking this place out tonight? Or do you have other orders for us? No, I think you two, yeah, you two should be here. And then I think, just give us a moment and we'll, to talk things out. Yep. And I'll try and like, yeah, coterie huddle. <laughs> they nod. Yeah, coterie huddle. Yeah. They nod. Not really fun. Smiling at, smiling once more at Bella as she looks over at you and she says, Right. If you think I'm going to be safe, then my sire, he's the one who's really in danger, right? That's what it looks like. Can you send my burner a copy of those texts? Thank you. She nods Uh, silently. She says, you'll do your best to save him, right? And none of this will get back to the, to the cam, to the Camarilla? If it does, it'll be against Cassius. Because this, I'll tell you this, this is not an authorized move if he goes after Duke. I'd ask you, Hope, to please make a charisma persuasion check and you may add your anarch status as an extra dot. Two successes. Right, she says. I'll let Duke know that you're friends. And, well, he'll be expecting you. She smiles as her phone vibrates. He already knows you're on the way. Right. Guess we better get going. She smiles once more and she says, It was, uh, it was nice to meet you all, uh, circumstances considered. Uh, maybe, maybe once all this is sorted out, maybe we can, uh, she looks at Slick and Emily and says, I, I hear you throw a mean pizza party. Well, yeah, yeah, mean is definitely a good descriptor, but it works out. Uh, <laughs> actually, if you ever want to talk and get, like, get more of a education, um, yeah, give me a ring sometime through them and yeah, we can hang. She nods and then she holds her hand up in the air and shouts over the din of the music, Hey, get that new album on. Let's get it cranking. Her friends begin to congregate around her once again. The music picks up and the party continues as if nothing happened. Bella looks as if, looks as if she's living, partying her night as normal. As if she didn't just fear for her very existence. You all huddle in the hallway outside of the apartment to discuss your next move. Alright guys. I think we're going to go see Duke unless somebody has something else. Well, my only concern is do we all go to Duke or do one or two of us maybe want to stay here just in case? So I know obviously if he's not going to show up himself, but that's... We've seen his underhanded tactics before, that doesn't mean he won't send someone. If she is, is the target. That is true. That is true. And yeah, as much as I have faith in the other two's abilities, it's... I don't want to come back and find, you know, a bunch of 
wayward flesh monsters in place of all of guests. That is a point. I hate to say it, but if this is a concern, you'd probably be the best candidate. If Sophie, if Sylvia gets reported here, that'll come back to Patrick and Vincent. Man, this is not your scene. Uh, I was so hoping to stay at the shitty party. <laughs> Sylvia. Got a corpse to, besides Vincent, we got a corpse to dispose of. Yeah. I pull up on my back up a tarp. So, so I hope your trunk's got space. <laughs> it's. It, Always does. Yep. Somehow. Sylvia. Uh, we'll see Duke and make a stop along the river on the way. Yep. And so the rest of so anyone gonna go with Vincent? The rest of you gonna stay here? Uh, I bl- I mean, you do have the thin bloods here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the three of you the three of you are connected, so that's probably the best option I'm thinking. So Derek stays behind, everyone else heads up to visit Duke. I'm thinking, yeah. Very well. And Sylvia. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah sorry, Derek. <laughs> yep. And we'll oh, stay in contact. Just yeah. in case. So as you nod, Derek turns to make his way back into the raging party. Sylvia. Anything to say? Let's just get things done. (laughs) Tell the others you're ready to get things done. But as you follow them down the hallway towards the stairwell, in your mind's eye, you see your sire's face smiling, laughing. You will always be mine, my dear. And by the time the ball drops at midnight, it shall be so. We conclude this session. That was Lose My Number, part one of Old Sanguine. You each gain three experience points. Okay. And next session, we will begin to track down Duke and very possibly make your very first moves towards Cassius, Father Patrick. really ought to spend those experience. Speaking (laughs) of that, I'm... Oh, I am five points away from... From what you need. The biggest thing I'm going to buy. You're going to get a lot in this story because this is, you know, this is the big, big, um end of Sylvia's arc blowout, so... <laughs> yeah. oh. <laughs> I just saw the picture on the... Oh, good one. <laughs> yeah, that is a good one. <laughs> also, Hope is going to pass along a clue she got from trading info with Spider. Yep. Ah, lovely. Uh, ignore the Cassius bit. I copied that in. But basically, we have the name of a possible Inquisition contact who got... Yep. As you make your way make your way down the stairwell, out once again into the humid summer night, Hope produces from within her pocket a piece of paper. Yeah. A piece of paper that she claims is a gift from Spider. Looks like a photocopy of a typed letter. The text is blurry in places and incredibly sharp in others. Whoever made the copy must have done so in a hurry. 
It reads, I would advise leaving the city tonight. Thanks to my old contacts, have it on good authority. Operation Helsing will begin at 0600 hours. You won't have time to arrange transport for your child or retainers. Have made sure Jetstar Flight 22 to Melbourne is safe. I'll have an agent waiting for you. His name is Michael Gardner. He's being eyeballed for Task Force Harker, but doesn't know about our kind. Not yet. He'll get you to the safe house, and from there, you know what to do. Remember, your role is infiltration. I'm in contact with others of your sect who will assist behind the scenes. A good note to leave it on until next session. As we mm-hmm. throw the body in Vince's truck. As the yeah. as you throw the body in Vincent's Sorry. trunk and slam making it down. Sure we're clear of any CCTV cameras. Yep, making we... sure that the CCTV camera is pointing the other way. As you lower the body into the trunk, slam it shut, oh. and the thump echoes throughout the deserted street, quickly drowned out by the bass thumping from the building beside you. The party, you have the feeling, has just begun. That was Lose My Number, episode 11 of Vampire War for the Second City, a Vampire the Masquerade 5th edition actual play podcast presented by DM Fiat. With me, Dale, as storyteller, Lost Demiurge as Hope, H. Quen as Sylvia, Paradox Mimic as Derek, and Ash as Vincent Merriweather. Music was created by Kevin MacLeod and is used with permission. Vampire the Masquerade and the World of Darkness are the registered trademarks and property of White Wolf Entertainment and Paradox Game Studios.